Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, so this is difficult, but we definitely want to address this at the top of the episode. These are some words that we all worked on together, but I'll be reading it out and I want to read it out because it's serious and I don't want to get the wording wrong or miss something important. So by now, you may have heard about a situation involving our co-host, Gerard, and his, char uh, his charity fundraising efforts. The situation was brought to light by two videos, one from Carl Jobst and the other from Mudahar, aka some ordinary gamers. There's a lot of information presented in those videos to the point where many people might reach some conclusions one way or the other about what occurred and how serious it is. For us, uh, we don't want to rush to any judgments about this. Gerard is a member of this podcast and he's a friend, so we want to give him the space to respond to this situation so that we can get his side of the story and also so that he takes the appropriate next steps. But certainly we saw enough in those videos that it became clear to us that we really need to learn a lot more about this situation and we really want to see that charity money go to where it needs to go. For that reason, we've asked Gerard to take a step back from the podcast, at least temporarily, so that he can provide his side of the story, present some more information, and most importantly, donate the money to an appropriate charity because that needs to happen as soon as possible. Gerard agreed that taking a step back from the podcast would be the best course of action. And so that's what's going to happen now. We really want to stress that we're not prejudging anything one way or the other, but we do feel as though there are questions that need to be answered. There are actions that need to be taken. And while that happens, we think it's best that Gerard focuses exclusively on that stuff rather than being on a podcast. Uh, we're not going to talk about it anymore, either here on the podcast or anywhere else, because it really wouldn't be appropriate. So we're going to let that broader process play out. And for now, we're going to get on with the rest of the show. We're obviously affected by this situation, but we know you guys tune in for a good time and to hear some lighthearted bants about video games. So that's what we're going to try and give you on with the show. Um, I watched... growing up? Yeah, absolutely. Growing up in a house of five boys, I had lots of Barbies in this in the house. I for actually, sure. I can admit that I there was when I was a kid, there was a, a Ken doll that mm -hmm. came out that was called okay. Shaving Fun Ken. Oh, I Where? remember this. Yeah. His face would like color change. You could shave him in and then like a five o'clock shadow and the color change. And I thought that was the coolest thing because I wanted that toy because I wanted to give him a gun. <laughs> and so you could be like a hardened soldier where you're out in the field Once and then you again, have to shave. Our American <laughs> podcast member. <laughs> I found this wholesome thing. Let's give it a gun. <laughs> you made for a good G.I. Joe, okay? Like I did like some yeah. swapping. He's got and, good uh, physicality for yeah. G.I. Joe. I see it. I yeah, see just it. a G.I. Sure. Joe with like perfectly quaffed hair, which you know what? <laughs> Yo. hey, I get it. Was he sure, in the Bobby sure. movie? No, he wasn't. Uh, I was what? waiting for a cameo. Oh. For Five o'clock shadow, Ken. Shaving fun, Ken. Yeah. Right, right. No, no, no. I, I actually watched that Barbie movie for the first time just last mm. night. So, and I, yeah. I, I liked it. I liked yeah. the, my favorite scene was when Ken discovers the patriarchy. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yes. There's like shots of Reagan and Clinton golf, yeah. men shaking hands. <laughs> There's this scene where like, they're like three dudes are talking and then a woman comes over to talk and the man's like, not now, Margaret. And then yeah. Ryan Gosling's no, no. like, <laughs> you know? So um, that was uh, that was a good time. I could have watched the whole one about him, just like just a Ken movie. 
Yes, yeah. totally. Actually, because at the beginning of the movie, I was like, ah, Ryan Gosling, he's okay. He's not doing much in this. Like, everyone's like... But then I, by the end, I was like, he absolutely crushed this role. Oh, yeah. He did such a good job. He's actually really funny. Like, I think he, he crushed that. So Sublime. Yeah. Sublime. I was very late. I I, I prioritized Oppenheimer as, as in, in the Barbenheimer equation. You were so. correct, too. It's the better movie. I Well, I mean, it's, you know. It's, I mean. It's, uh, it's got its problems. But, yeah, you know, I mean, I watched, still... I watched both on the same day. Okay. And I, I, yeah, I enjoyed Oppenheimer more as a, a fan of cinema, but I had sure. a more fun with Barbie. Of course. Which makes me sound like I the really... biggest twat in the world. I'm well aware, but I you do like a three-hour anxiety attack of a film. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I do love that. That's the thing. That's my. That's why Hereditary is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <clears throat> yeah. I really want to get. Um, one of those Ken sh- uh, jumpers that he's wearing that just says, I am Kenuff, right? But it's all colourful and I realised yeah. that I'd never wear a shade cut more bright than like this shirt. So it just really yeah. looked very odd to me. Just if do I a black black tee with white lettering version. <laughs> that yeah. just says, I am Kenuff. That's definitely yeah. out there. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. Well, everyone, anyway. welcome to... Which Barbies and Ken was would we be? Gamer, gamer Barbie. I get Game Dev Barbie exists. Gamer Barbie uh, No, Ken. Game Dev Barbie exists. I remember that one. Welcome to another. Does she? She does. Bright red yeah. hair. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's got a checkered shirt, um, <laughs> <laughs> like a laptop. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Right. A few okay. years ago. It's wow. Well, all right. Yeah. I would be. I would be mid Ken. That would be my mid Ken. Yeah. Mid Ken. What, what? No, Ken, I don't. Ken, but look, look at your hair, man. There's no way that anyone with that hair can be called <laughs> oh. mid Ken. Come on, that's no. not fair. Exactly. You're selling yourself right there. DeLorean Ken. Ooh, that is a sick angle, actually. Tired yeah, Ken. For sure. Tired Ken. <laughs> there's a cool, there's a Ken that's like a 1980s obsessed Ken, you know, and he's just into like retro gear and garb. I reckon I that would, that, yeah. I would buy that Ken. I would buy that Ken. He just has all these ironic accessories. He's got like the hoverboard from Back to the Future 2. He's got an Auto 9 from Robocop. And a pager. Yep, yep, he's yep. got... And a page. <laughs> yeah, and a page. <laughs> or no, a cell phone in a bag. <laughs> yeah. A pager. My parents used to have that. My parents yeah. used to have that. Oh, my God. So, uh, Lucy, where are you, you? Are you? I have a question because I know you're Hello. in uh, England. I'm in, the north, I'm in the northeast, everyone. Yeah, um, you're, you're, you're home. Are you in your like childhood bedroom? Because the pillow's giving chi- that vibe. Okay, well, it's not my childhood bedroom. My mom didn't move here until I was 20-something, like early 20s. Um, this was, uh, yeah, she moved in with my with my stepdad. And so I got the attic room. And when I moved to America, all of my gaming stuff is in here. So, like, behind me, there's a, a diva print from Overwatch that I've hung ah. up. And I've got, like, a bunch of gaming That's stuff nice. over there. Like, all my old games. I've got, I have a corner over there. Which oh, it's going to be a fact to move it, but I have basically like a beanbag under a window in the attic, and I have like all my I have like an original copy of Grand Theft Auto, and like all that stuff is Ooh, over there. Nice. And I've got my record player again, a twat. Um, yeah, and you'll so you you'll notice like a that I sound beats corner. I basically do. I also sound way <laughs> yeah. more British since I'm back, as She's you'll back. notice. I'm back, oi, baby. Oi, governor. Oi, mate. <laughs> Don't no. Jake, Jake, your accents, man. They're just we need a Jake um, accents 
like comedy special where he just gets up and does really bad British and Australian accents. But for one of these one of these days he's just gonna come crushes. out with and it's flawless. I'm getting and we will true. be the fools. I'm getting right. like a lot of uh so do you sorry. I apologize. Oh. Do you both say bloke? Or is bloke yeah. Australian? Bloke, yeah. No, 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 no. no, British says bloke. British. But, I mean, I we don't really say- have any uniquely Australian words. Our thing is except more no. uh, like, except no. for nah. Uh, our thing is more abbreviations. Like we don't say yeah. pregnant. We say like preggers, for example. <laughs> we say preggers, but we don't say arvo. You say arvo. Arvo is ours. That's right. Server Se- station, servo. Yeah, we don't say bottle, that. Bottle, bottle, liquor store, bottle you know, like, <laughs> Really, just That's take great. any word, just say the beginning part of it, add O to the end. That's probably a, like that. a, a huge portion of our speech. So, that's it. I'm trying to think if we do. Oh. We have like, we don't say bloke as much. We say geezer. And sometimes you'll sure. shorten that to geese. You know? Like, <laughs> oh. Another day yes. in the life of the Brexit with, uh, Greek. You guys ever geezer. rock with like putz or schmuck? Nah, these aren't ours. No. These aren't ours. You guys should start using those. They're good. Uh, I mean, they're good words. Don't get me wrong. They're just not yeah. part of our, our vernacular. I mean, so they we'll could save be. save those for when we're visiting. Yeah, bring it, yeah. bring it there. Export it. Yeah. Do it. Bring <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. We'll, we'll try and get them in this episode of the podcast. So, hi, everyone. I'm here with these two schmucks on this week's episode. Hey. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. I'm Lucy, joined by Jake and Ralph. Truly, an international podcast. We've got someone, you know, um, the Americas, the UK, yep. and Australia. There's a lot of time zones here. Yeah, this is an interesting time zone combination. Let's just say. You but, might notice that I'm more awake for this episode. And you'll notice that I'm sleepier. And Ralph's fine. Still middle of the day for me, baby. I love it. I yeah. love it. It's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Big week in gaming this week because the Game Awards uh, nominations have been announced. Some piss has been boiled, which is a phrase, <laughs> a phrase, a phrase that I love saying. And every time sure. I say it, I love watching Jake's face because he is physically repulsed by it. Yeah, I just think of the smell, image. the stench of piss in a like you know on the on the stove, like on a on a cooktop, just boiling yeah. and right. with no ventilation. So it's just humidity, but it's like piss humidity. Totally, people are gross. The, the windows are ste- the windows <laughs> yeah. are steaming up we- from all the piss boiling. That's right. Do you salt the piss, like or no? It depends on what family, you know. <laughs> depends. It's your nonna's recipe for boiled piss. <laughs> oh god. Oh, god. Um, anyway. There's a lot to get through. We're not going to go through. I think we did this last year, but we went through every category, and I we're not going to do that. Um, there's definitely some trends to talk about, some uh, capital D discourse to talk about. Um, I think the main one that I think we should start off with is a lot of Jeff has been getting a lot of flack for not addressing the kind of state of the industry um, or the layoffs. Like even God, even this week, you know, ag- uh, congregate. Amazon, um, Humble, five hundred five parent extremes. company, yeah, and digital extremes too. It's like we're at the point now where Jeff has to say something, right? Do you does think he, he will? Though? I don't know. I don't know if he does have to personally. Really? I mean, I think I think it's necessary for him when it came to when it became clear that there was issues of widespread harassment in the industry. Yeah, I think it was definitely incumbent upon him to use his platform to speak out against those things. Mm. And he did, in a way. 
Um, but I think when it comes to this stuff, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, we obviously, I speak about it every single week in my show, for yeah. sure. Um, but at the same time, for an award show to talk about it, I think that is different because- I mean, yeah, without, I, don't know. Without, I mean, doesn't... like, if you get to the stage where, so Destiny 2 community sure. team was nominated for the best community support, that team's been basically decimated. And you know, because, totally. like, fan vote stuff, like, everyone's going to obviously vote for Bungie. And, like... Oh, not necessarily. There, There's only a certain number of... Dissonance, though? Like... Uh, again, I think there will be Because it's a celebration be a of the stuff that's come out, and it feels weird. Totally. If... I don't know. I I th- I think that reality is being talked about, and I think by us, for example, and by other people, and I think that certainly awareness of that will be elevated when it comes to like, yeah, nominating a team who has just been, you know, the, a lot of them have been sacked. Um, but I don't know. I just think Je- uh, Jeff coming out there and like talking. About, I don't know, like. I don't know what what could he say? What could he say? He's like it's very sad to see so many job losses yeah. in the industry this year. I don't know like it, it is a, it is sad. It yeah. is sad. Absolutely, for sure. I think there is um, power in uh I don't know. It, it it just bringing it up briefly will kind of help people realize that like a lot of people work on games. The same but the thing mm-hmm. is is like other award shows don't really do that. But I think equally like if the Oscars came out and during the Oscars they were like, "Hey, that Marvel movie you like, it took like fucking four million people to make that movie and work really hard. Like, I think that's yeah. good for like o- o- education yeah. of the overall creation of the yeah. product. But I was going to say, it's different it for the Oscars because the Oscars make, like they always get a comedian to host it and they kind of joke around things. I guess the only serious thing I would I would say comparable would be the In Memoriam segment, right? Yeah. Where it's like, that's the only time that it's very... Sure. Jeff's got to start telling jokes. Look, that's the only I mean, way to slip it in is is through a joke. He's got to start telling jokes. Yeah. Jeff's got to have it. a tight five uh, at the beginning of the show. It does. <laughs> um, no, I think. Look, I think you partly convinced me. I guess. Like, I, you know, if Jeff were to get up there and and just sort of say it is sad to see, you know, how much of the industry has is no longer there this year in terms of like mm. job losses, how much it's shrunk, how many people have affected been affected by layoffs. It's disappointing. I mean, I don't. I don't think he has to say that, but you're right. I think if he did say that, that is like a moment that does draw awareness to the fact that mm. we've had a really fantastic year mm. for games output. Games this year have been remarkable. This is one of the best years of video games that we've ever had full stop in the history of this medium. But at the same time, it's come to at tremendous cost to developers and mm. to, you know, like their livelihoods where this industry has shrunk considerably. And you're right. I think it would make sense for him to... If you were to do that, I I could see that working. You know, I, like, I know. Um, it can educate some people about like, yeah, a lot of people work on games and people got laid off. But like, I still like, does that do? Does that does that move a needle? Like, I worry about no. things just being informative. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, true, true, yeah. true. Just saying it just because like some people want it to be said. You know, I, I, but, I don't I know. Think- that's the same. It's the same with us though. Like when we talk mm-hmm. about it, like it doesn't move the needle per se. Yeah. But I think talking about it it matters in some contexts, and so you know. I mean, a a bright, not a bright side, but, you know, it's not just the game industry. There's been so many layoffs this year, like, just following it in the United States that, like, maybe someone kicking back watching the game awards would be like, oh, shit, other people get fired, too. Mm. I don't now that I say it out loud, that sounds like a bummer, too. I don't really think that helps. No, I mean, I think I think there's a way to do it where you are not. I don't know. I think. 
I think celebrating people's hard work is a way of kind of addressing it in a way that is in line with an award show, um, making sure that people got um, recognition because, you know, devs pour their lives into projects for years at a time and then to get unceremoniously let go, it would be nice for a platform like the Game Awards to, and like I say, not bang on about it and not to be performative, but I think, you know, the heart and soul of Game Awards is to celebrate gaming. And I think that's a way to do it that kind of make, you know, the people who say that Jeff needs to say something, um, everyone's kind of getting something. I don't know. Uh, uh, Yeah, I would say, just in personal final view, I would say, I don't think he has to say something, but I also agree with you that if he did say something and he found the right words, that it would be a good moment to mm-hmm. to raise awareness for something that is going on in this industry, parallel to all the success that we've seen. We've also seen a lot of people lose their jobs, and that sucks. So, so that was obviously one of the big uh, pieces of discourse. Uh, I think the other one, I'm, I'm not trying to frame it as discourse, because I think genuinely this is a very interesting conversation when it comes to the categories themselves. In particular, one that got a lot of attention I haven't watched the bit on Kind of Funny yet, but I did see Greg tweeting about it, um, that they'd had an argument about it, which I hate it when my, my, my gaming dads fight. Um, <laughs> but the the nominations for Indie Game, because Dave, oh, the, yeah, sure. Dave the Diver was nominated, but Baldur's Gate was not. Hi, Ralph. Yeah, What's going on I here, mean, by the way? You are just like... I'm trying to zoom my camera. camera. My, 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 oh, I'm like doing like this, like a fucking cat. Like, I'm trying to get my camera to... Ah, there it is. Work, finally. Come is. on, camera. Don't let me down. Um, <laughs> I was like, so, look at the Alan Wake cat cameo. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I mean, it's like... it's It just... Look, this whole... I, I definitely have seen a lot of discussion about indie games. So, the indie game... Uh, what do you call it? So the indie uh, game nominations category. for the year. What we got is cocoon oh no Day that's, the Diver. De- that's debut oh no 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 oh sorry sorry, sorry. no no there's two, yeah, best, yeah best indie game there's no. debut indie game and indie game which i didn't realize there is yeah yeah yeah. cocoon dave the diver dredge sea of stars and viewfinder okay so all of these are games are published by okay on, the only one that is actually self-published a, a true indie game is sea of stars okay the rest of them are all under a label. Cocoon is Annapurna. Dave the Diver is Mint Rocket, which apparently is owned by Nexon. Mm-hmm. Dredge is Team 17. And Viewfinder is Thunderful Publishing, right? Yeah. Uh, this discussion about whether the term indie should mean a truly independently published game, I think it does matter in part. I, I do think that because I think it is a big thing for a studio to not only make it make a game on their own, but bring it to market on their own. Like, that's mm. a big thing for them yeah. to accomplish. And so, I do think there is some benefit in protecting the meaning of that category, for sure, you know? But then at the same time, you then get Baldur's Gate that falls into that category. Or previously before this, Bungie would have fallen into that category mm. when they were publishing Destiny. Um is there like a cutoff? City, like Pro- City Project Red. City Project Red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, with whatever, independent studio. So, I think, I don't know what the phrasing needs to be, but I do agree that there should be a category for truly independently self-published games. I do believe there should be another category for smaller titles that aren't AAA games, 
that aren't swinging to sell a billion mm. copies that are made on smaller budgets. I have no idea what the phrasing or title of that is, but we all know what that yeah. feels like. That list of games there, they all fit into that list of games. Like that all feels right in terms of yeah. what that category is, but it's not labeled correctly in a strict sense. So I think it's a worthy discussion to have for sure. What's that old, um, I can't describe to you what porn is, but I know it if I see it, you know, that kind of feel. I don't know anything about that, Lucy. I've never heard that before. <laughs> never right. heard that. I have no idea. I can't remember what that was from, but yeah, it's also like, <laughs> it's also kind of the most video games discussion ever that we're debating indie versus independent, like, really. Um, actually. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. But, no, but that, that actually, in some way, that actually kind of, in a, in a weird way, works. Yeah. Because, like, Indie is a label now that we apply to these smaller titles from independents or smaller yeah. labels or whatever. And it's like, it feels that. And then if it's truly independent, mm-hmm. yeah, and you're right. It is a ridiculous conversation. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I can actually feel like that is actually making some progress in figuring out some verbiage around this, for sure. Yeah. Like, indie to me evokes the feelings of being, you know, 2011 and seeing um, Super Meat Boy and um, Fez and everything. Independent to me is, like, a cut above something that is Baldur's Gate and whatever. So, it's it's kind of weird, but also kind of... I wonder if there are better terms, but I don't think there are. Because at the same time, from the outside looking in, like, we as capital G gamers, like, we can tell you the difference between double A, triple A, and now I guess quadruple A is coming into play, but, like, trying yeah. to explain that to an outside audience, where it's like, hey, you guys, you guys name your, your game categories after battery sizes? <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like succession. Yeah, yeah, you are sure. deeply unserious people. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely are, though. Let's be real. Let's own that. So, yeah. but I would say, look, that, that aside, that discussion aside, I do think these indie game nominations are really good nominations good you know because oh, like, i played great year for indies, man. most of these for yep. some first to some degree i've just started playing cocoon actually oh, and it's fantastic isn't it great um it's really good uh day of the diver i played through loved it dredge mm-hmm. as well loved it sea of stars i've <clears> only just seen i haven't actually played that one so i've only just kind of seen big chunks of gameplay and viewfinder i play as well absolutely loved it so those are some great picks yeah. for indie indie game for sure for sure so they did yeah. they did well with that category it's been it's been such a great um, year for indies, man. Like indies, independence. It's, it's done. It's done well. Even though this year's been a massive year for AAA and big titles, I still feel mm. as though we've seen some really great indie titles it's come through and bubble up to the surface. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Like being able yep. to, I think, break through the noise of this year more than mm. ever is something to massively be applauded for and like you know csrs for example hearing their numbers for example and they thought like they weren't going to hit that and then they smashed it like i was talking mm. to because i'm back home i'm talking to friends mm. who are kind of like they dabble in games they're not really as entrenched as we are and i heard you know i was chatting to my friend james today and he was like oh yeah i've been playing dave the diver or yeah i heard of cocoon or i saw that on it popped up somewhere, so I bought it, and I was like, "That's so that's cool!" Because cool. otherwise, you could it just is. be totally consumed by any other Call of Duty FIFA. Modern Warfare Three, baby. Oh, I, mean, Jake, I can't wait to talk to you <laughs> about that. Call of Duty. Yeah, <laughs> can't believe you had to play it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, so I think they they did really well with that category. Mm. Um, I one of the other 
funny pieces of discourse that I saw on Twitter. <laughs> it was something called Xbox Tax. Oh, where, like, there's this conspiracy theory that, like, Xbox games are somehow, like, taxed by the broader games media and get lower review scores because they're Xbox games. And that's why there's a real shortage of Xbox titles in the nominations list. Obviously, the biggest story in terms of omissions from this year is probably Starfield, right? Because you're talking about a game that was the most hyped game in years for Bethesda, obviously, but also probably the most important game in Xbox's life cycle to this point for this console generation. Mm -hmm. And... It re- it only got one nomination, and that nomination was for best RPG. Um, didn't get a look in for direction or game of the year. Um, yeah, that's got to just... sting for Todd, for sure. Uh, yeah, and well, who worked on? I mean, every I mean... everyone obviously, but like they obviously threw Todd. And I mean, look at um, was it Variety or Wired? They just had hit Todd do a thing, and it feels like an unfortunately timed PR beat. Yeah. That they thought that they would get more no- like nominations. Um, oh, I see. I yeah, see. he right, went okay, he went through I and see. did like all the big games from his career or something like one of those right, timeline right, kind right, of right. things. Um, sure, it sure. was a but huge I mean, year. Like that's the thing. It's like yeah. there were so many like just knock out of the park games. Like it's just, even like, yeah, but like I also feel like it was bound to happen where one game that people were really excited about that turns out to be you know good oh. can be overshadowed sure. by just ten other games that just happen to be even better yes no for sure and i yeah. think i think another one in that discussion is like final fantasy 16 um where you know like obviously i didn't love final fantasy 16 but a lot of people really love final fantasy 16 like it was absolutely their game of the year um and there's there's a lot of people that fall into that category you know and so they feel very much like you know what the fuck happened here whatever yeah. um but i mean but yeah got- i mean the xbox I, mean, the, I was gonna say in terms of final fantasy 16 like i still think it's a good showing for final fantasy as a brand because between 16 14 and i think even the mobile game got yes a nomination crisis, yeah. so it's like overall final fantasy is doing fine seven sure. rebirth got nominated for like best uh like most anticipated so it's like yeah it just kind of feels weird about 16 shout out to ben star though yep what a dude Actually, oh he got the golden joystick. He did. So, very well deserved. Also nominated um, for uh, um, best performance, I believe. He did. Yeah, 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 yeah cool. he did. I would have liked to have seen Hi-Fi. In this whole, like, Xbox tax discussion thing, which yeah. I think is ridiculous. Hi-Fi Rush got uh, a lot but of love. Hi-Fi, Hi-Fi Rush, it got it nominated five? for art direction, uh, audio design. Um, best score of music. Accessibility. Probably accessibility. It's got two Nine Inch Nails songs on there. <laughs> it got a whole bunch of love and I yeah. think I'm really glad to see that because that is a fantastic game uh, mm-hmm. that absolutely deserves uh, recognition and it's awesome to see it you know and yeah. it's nice that also because what happens often with these awards things is that people forget about what gets released earlier in the year yeah um, and but you know people remember it and so yeah do I think it was a game of the year nominee not against this other stuff but in another year, it probably would have been, to be perfectly honest. If the game, if this year was not so thick with releases, I reckon Hi-Fi Rush probably would have been in my top five. Mm. Um, and it's nice to see that it got some love in so many other categories. And I really hope it, it picks up at least one or two awards. Like Art Direction, stiff competition there from yeah. like Super Mario Brothers, Wonder, mm. to be honest with you. 
Alan Wake 2, but I can definitely see Hi-Fi Rush taking <coughs> art direction away because I think it really nailed mm. that like Saturday morning cartoon aesthetic. Yes, as someone who so, loves cartoons, that yeah. game is like for me. Totally. But also, totally, in, totally, if, totally. We're, if we're still on, uh, what do you want to call it? Like Forza got one or two? Yeah, innovation and accessibility, which I, th- I think okay. Forza will probably walk away with because did you see the like um, the stuff they did for visually impaired players? Like you could use no. sound to drive the car it was no wild way, wow. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. they did a, like a whole bunch of behind the scenes video stuff on it it was super yeah, cool but like yeah forts is in there and i guess sure you know hi-fi rush and sadly <laughs> you know no no redfall but xbox has not sure, been sure, ignored sure, sure. completely yeah no i think i think it's more of a i think it's far more a indictment on like starfield as a release than it is on the xbox brand as a release as a yeah. sorry as a label right because i think mm-hmm. you know xbox does put out excellent titles like there's no question about that so i think any yeah i think the i think that whole xbox that i laugh whenever i see that i'm like that's ridiculous um and i the, my main takeaway from this whole awards thing is that like obviously starfield has not met many people's expectations that's just life but hi-fi rush i think well and truly exceeded people's expectations it's fantastic and i'm really pleased to see that it got like so much love so yeah, yeah i think um i think that's it so well, um, a lot of people are also upset that armored core didn't really get much i haven't played it yet i feel really bad i only played the preview and i enjoyed what i played but i'm actually really keen to return to it it's definitely on Mm. my uh part very high on my pile of shame i'd like to get back to it before the end of the year actually Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i can understand again that's one of those games that engenders that kind of very fierce love and devotion to it uh Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons because of the because of the studio because of the franchise Mm, itself because of the genre you know like it's 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 brought mech games back in a way. Like you could definitely see other studios choosing to make a mech game now because uh, from software out there bringing this bringing this thing back, and that in itself is important. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would hopefully, it, I, yeah, I'm really, um, I'm really keen to play more of it. So, mm-hmm. I think it's also interesting. Diablo Four didn't get too much of didn't get too much love. I don't think um, um, it got best multiplayer got and innovation. And I think all it really got. Okay, right, sure, sure. And I think that's got a sting a little bit for Blizzard as well, similar to like, you know, with Bethesda and Starfield. Yeah. A lot of hype behind that one, a lot of like, you know, marketing spend and Diablo games are big marquee releases for Blizzard and one of the mo- one of the biggest developers in the world. Yeah. So, I'm sure they would have yeah. loved to have seen some more recognition for that one. Um but, you know, obviously the hardcore community were not super thrilled with Diablo. I think most casual players and I would put myself in that broad bucket of like casual Diablo enjoyer I actually really liked it and yep. I'm still playing it to this day in fact um, not seriously I'm just kind of mucking around with it but mm-hmm. yeah but again would I I would actually say Diablo might be in my top 10 games of the year mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely not in my top 5 and so I'm, I'm not surprised to see that it didn't get too many gongs yeah. or not gongs but or nominations I should say mm-hmm. um, for this year so here's a question uh cyberpunk mm. do you guys think that uh cyberpunk okay so it's not nominated for game of the year yeah but do you think cyberpunk should be actually what where, where is it nominated for it's nominated for ongoing. ongoing game community support ongoing game idris elba for best performance and narrative okay narrative, do you guys yeah. think it should be is the questionable you, one do you guys think it should be nominated sport, yeah. for ongoing game no, no. 
Right. <laughs> Neither do I. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, like, I don't think other, a game against... should be like rewarded for being fixed. I, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, not to be brutal, but like, you know, it was released. Some people, for some people, it wasn't up to snuff. And a lot of that ongoing was the game improving. Yes, Granted, you, I totally. mean, I guess if you're counting the expansion, I mean, plenty of games get full expansions, but like The Witcher yeah. 3 got expansions. I wouldn't call The Witcher 3 an ongoing game. No, yeah, even though they just announced today that they're doing now. mod tools for it. Yeah. Well, no, they just announced today that they're making a they're mod, a mod, making a mod platform. Oh, no, I was talking about Cyberpunk. They're, okay, they're yeah, right, right, right. It's, yeah, you're right. Best ongoing game where they just announced <laughs> that, that's, that it's done. <laughs> the team's moving I Boston, agree. That is, that is quite silly. I do not think that should be there. Um, but look, Apex against- Legends, Final Fantasy XIV, yeah. Fortnite, Genshin Impact. Yeah, yeah, I see those. They all make sense. We're obviously talking about live service style games that get mm. regular content feeds and regular updates in that form. And I think, yeah, sure. But I think when you start including games that just get one-off expansions and bug fixes in ongoing games, something's seriously broken with that category at that point. So, that's, um, yeah, that's a wild one. And also like... But would you guys... What about if, if you saw... Would you Do you think Cyberpunk would be eligible for a Game of the Year nomination this year? Like, it's not, but do you, would you I guys mean, think... I mean, I think so. I think it is. I'm, I'm kind of amazed it's not in Best RPG. So it's not really much of an RPG. The way, ah, it's gotten better. That's a whole other conversation. It's, like, it's, ah. it's semantics, but, like, I, I yeah. would only really count Final the... Fantasy 16's in there, so... I, Who gives a <sighs> shit? It is? I didn't even know that. Oh, I thought that's Best what RPG, you were Final yeah. Fantasy 16? Yeah, damn. Oh, man. Come on now. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, 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 no. Come on now. Uh, okay, fair enough. Whatever. What do you, we're not going to get into that now. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> I've, been, I've been through enough. I've been through I'm enough. Sorry. You've got like a thousand yards there when you put that up. <laughs> that's right. Um, no, but look, personally, like, yeah, again, I, I really do feel as though, again, um, Final, uh, Cyberpunk is one of my games of the year for sure mm-hmm. and I personally wouldn't have a problem with it being nominated for game of the year it sounds probably really contradictory you know but like yeah it just feels like it feels like that expansion and what that added to the game it just felt like a, mm. I don't know I just I can, I can understand how, and the fact that so many people got to experience it this year for the first time yeah. in that context, I think there are arguments for and against why yeah. you might include, why you think it might be eligible for that category. I can understand why someone's like, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I see it. But I also, if someone wants to argue passionately for its inclusion, there have to I'd be, be like, rules. Yeah, I'd hear that argument Ralph, too. there has to be rules. There has there to be, be cut off rules. dates. Otherwise, it's, it's total anarchy. Yeah. That's right. Jeff Maybe, well, seeing some kind of. Maybe. I hope the security's better this year so there won't be total anarchy. <laughs> I hope the security. I'm sure. I mean, um, Jeff's really got to do something about that for sure, for sure, for sure. Wait, so. Jeff Keighley's a Fortnite character now. Did you guys see that? No. I don't know if you can oh, play as him, but he's oh, in Fortnite. He's yeah, in Ralph, did you Fortnite. not see this? Like, Although, how, how is he in Fortnite? There's a play. Game Awards promo. Yeah, did you see he tweeted out Jeff Peely, which I thought was very good. That was funny, yeah. That was funny. Yeah, he, yeah not, it's, all in, it's all in His the character Fortnite. has big hands. It's kind of funny. No uh, way. Yeah. I had no idea. I, oh, man, that's fantastic. Yeah, go- okay, yeah you should Google it. It was great. I will. I will. I will. I will. So. Mate, th- Jeff, Jeff is, like, living his best life. Because, like, oh, what? Totally. He's in... Uh, the Game Awards were in The Matrix. He's in Death Stranding. Yeah. He was in The Muppets. That haunted mansion... Haunted thing. 
right? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was and in I The Matrix. Think, what the f- Yeah. Well, like, a game award was in The Matrix. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, he yeah. was. That counts. He is the award. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some yeah, say sure. that the award is modeled from Jeff. After no. him standing up there with his arms back. <laughs> with arms wide oh, up. That award's made by Weta. It was designed by Weta. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Also, did not know that. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Um, Interesting. Um, it's um, a nice looking award. It's handsome. It's mm. got a. It's got a, it's got a classic, yeah. <laughs> best influencer, best content creator, Jake. Con- Trending content game. creator, That's, that's yeah. going to be you, man. That's it. That's going to be you. People yeah. make games got in there. And he I was did. impressed to see that. Yeah. I'm so People happy. Usually the content creator of the year. Okay. These are the content creator of the year nominees. Iron Mouse, Pe- uh, Quackity, Spreen, Cypher PK. I have no idea who any of these people are. I Do you guys know any of these people? That no. single one of them. Yeah. I'm sure that I, yeah. they are absolutely gigantic. No, I'm sure are. they have like 100 million subscribers each. But I don't know a single one of them. So. I think I think they might be like Spanish language. I think I remember clicking on the, okay. on the I think I remember clicking on the tweet and seeing like um, something all in like uh, might have been Spanish. I'm not sure, but I was like, I, which is cool because if you're not having if you're not constraining to just English language content sure. creators, I think that's really cool. Um, but Makes I am sense. super stoked that Chris Bratt is in there. One of the nicest people I've ever met. He is so sweet. People are going to think you were talking about Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yeah. They're no. going to think, wow, he Chris got a nomination Bratt. this year. Chris Bratt. Bratters, as he's known in the UK game. Okay. It's much safer to call him that than in the other, than the other thing, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's good to see that sort of content creator get a nomination. Yeah. Um, really, really love that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I don't know, like. Then you got the esports awards. Yeah. Um, there's there's adaptation, which is Castlevania. Oh, uh, I haven't watched that yet, show. and I loved the original. Neither have I. Gran Turismo, the Neil Blomkamp movie. Oh, I just Last saw of that. Us, which oh, you just saw that. What did you think of it? Is it good? Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was very straightforward, okay. but it was good. Okay, mm. cool, nice, nice. Um, the Last of Us TV show, which I feel like is you know. I feel it has to. On that yeah, one. Come on. But then the Mario movie is also really popular but at the same time like i think critics are going to be drawn to the last yeah. of Us tv show as a better adaptation and i would personally agree as much as i actually love the mario movie but i would say the last of us no, awesome. no for you guys no i haven't seen I it really I, do I, I watched though. one clip i couldn't like mm. i couldn't get through it i kept <laughs> watching i got to the second episode and i kept having to start it over because like i'd fall asleep oh. or something i couldn't get through it <laughs> sure 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 um the guy um, on my flight was watching the last of us from the very beginning Mm. And I really tried hard to stay awake so I could watch him watch uh, the Bill and Frank episode. Um, oh, right. And so he was watching that <laughs> and I was he watching- He was doing these ones like on the plane like- <laughs> Well, no. For audio listeners, he's making a mad face. <laughs> In an attempt to make him feel better, I watched Past Lives, <laughs> which is that Korean film. About, I don't know um, what that is. Oh, oh God! Somebody was watching it. that next. On, I was on a plane recently, and somebody was watching that next to me, and I was like, "What is this?" It's oh my great. God. It's basically like a, a girl and a boy, and then um, she moves to America. They grew up in Korea together. She moves away when they're twelve, and then they reconnect twenty years later. I was able to get that by by glancing at it multiple. Like I I was just raw dogging (laughs) this flight, like eyes straight ahead, no no book, no game. So I I kept looking over. Raw dogging a flight, isn't it? You never heard that? Couple water, jeans. You're on a flight and you have no book, no nothing. (laughs) That's raw raw dogging a flight. No headphones, nothing. That's insane. I'm just imagining you sitting in a chair, just like. 
Yep. Yeah. For like just three hours doing this. <laughs> oh or just watching the yeah, just watching the map, the time watching to destination. That's it. <laughs> oh it's a good meme. It's a good one. It's a great meme. Um, but yeah, so we were both very upset at the same time watching our emotionally charged TV shows and movies. Um, right. I do okay. want to get to you watching some other movies. We'll talk about a little later. We will. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. So, uh, any last words on Game Awards stuff? Well, because it's all about the actual. They don't perform fucking We Sing from Alan Wake 2. What are we even doing? Oh. I'll oh. be devastated. Yeah. But we will get at least some. Yeah, I hope the orchestra, like, they have, like, a choir that just suddenly appears out of nowhere. <laughs> or, like, Sam Lake himself just rocks up on stage. Does you know? his moves. Um, does his moves, yeah. I think, yeah, just wrapping it up, there's the two main categories. Game direction is, uh, they're very similar categories. Are they one-to-one? No, they're, they're slightly separate. Game direction is Alan Way 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. The only different category, the only difference in Game of the Year is that you swap out Spider-Man and you swap in Resident Evil 4 Remake. No, wait, sorry, that's oh, a wait, lie. Wait, so Game of the Year? The other, Game of the Year actually has... No, uh, what, what, what swapped out? Oh, one? that one has five, that's why it's different, sorry. Oh, and this one's got So six. it's the same, yeah. except for Game of the Year, you add Resident Evil 4 Remake, right? Uh, so Spicy. I feel like that's a pretty good list, I think. As in, you know, what yeah, I, I can... It's what I expected. I think yeah. it's most people would have expected for, you know, looking at the quality of releases this year. So, I mean, obviously, game of the year, there's no question. It's Baldur's Gate. Let's be real. Like, we can try and pretend there's going to be some other... Well, there's not. It's Baldur's Gate 3. And it should be Baldur's Gate 3 because it's extraordinary. Banger. It's, 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 it's the best of the games. So, True. Um, but I was very glad to see Resident Evil 4 Remake get a look in there as well because... I did wonder how your cat is doing it. Please. <laughs> no, cat you leave her. Um, you let her do whatever because again, she wants. it's uh, one of those things where you know at the beginning of the year you kind of uh, people maybe may have forgotten about it or maybe they thought oh it's not eligible because it's a remake or whatever. But it's like no, this is a really extraordinary video game. It was definitely one of the best games I played this year. So I was really happy to see it um, get a nod there for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. Dead's what did Dead Space get then? Dead, Dead Space got audio, Sound which design. I think audio design. I okay. think I think yeah. it should absolutely walk away with. To be honest, um, yeah, Dead Space only got audio. Dead Island got action. No. Yeah. Oh, Dead Island got a nomination for action. Wow, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Remnant well, two. It's um, yeah, banger of a year. I think. I think they've they've the the. Whatever the judges, whatever they got it broadly right, you know, mm-hmm. and um, hmm, yeah. really keen to see how it goes. Even though, again, we know it's going to be Baldur's Gate three sweep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is just is how it's going to be. So that, that's cool, though. They deserve it, I think. Why don't you sound pretty biased? <laughs> I'm definitely biased in favor of the best game that's released in the last decade. <laughs> yes, is, I'm highly biased towards that. He's in the pocket of big independent. <laughs> that's right. I want big that. Balder. That's. um Uh, well i mean we won't have long to wait until we find out who wins all of the illustrious game awards uh next up on the show we have an interview i wasn't there for this one so jake do you want to tee this up yeah this is this is a fun one uh so we had a conversation with uh uh, ben croshaw also known as yahtzee and nick calandra they are both uh from or formerly from the escapist a website uh, and a YouTube channel that 
has been popular for many, many years. Yahtzee, many of you may probably know without even realizing you could be watching his videos for years and years. But collectively, they were on The Escapist and uh, Nick, who was kind of leading the ship, uh, was laid off and the entire team pretty much followed suit. And a lot of them formed essentially a new independent media group called Second Wind. Uh, this is becoming more of a common thing. This whole mm. independent game media, not beholden to a publisher or some out of touch company owning it, but independently funded by the people that read or watch or engage with it. So they have a Patreon, they have all that stuff. And it's an interesting story with how it all went down. Um, you know, you might think it's inside baseball, but again, I think people are hungry for where they're getting their reviews, their content, their columns, their things they read, they things, their things they watch. And uh, mm. Second Win has a really good story behind it. So we're going to kick that off now. All right. So after the incident of November 6th, uh, we're kind of at the time of recording this one week after the escapist exodus. How are you guys feeling? I mean, the YouTube channel, like at the time of this recording, it's cooking on almost 200,000 subscribers. Is it so. really? I didn't even yeah, know that. Yeah, Last time I like checked, YouTube it was like 30,000. No, yeah, we should be, we should be hitting 200,000 tonight. Oh, my God. So, Nick, how's the, how's the first impression? God knows what'll happen when we put some bloody videos on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm obviously uh, very tired and it's, you know, it's been a very... Very exciting, very stressful week, and I'm basically just running on adrenaline at this point. Um, but you know, just our team is is so talented, and seeing all the stuff coming in, and now we've got you know, as of this podcast, we've got the uh, first episode of Fully Emblematic done. It's up on the channel, ready for premiere. Is it 600 people wait, waiting for it to go live tomorrow at 11 a.m. We're right. We used to go, so awesome. Yeah, we're, awesome. it's like. 14 hours until then but there's they're there they're waiting like, yeah, there's like 300 comments on it already too so i'm like holy oh crap like, i don't know i don't know how many people are going to be there before that premiere tomorrow but it's like waiting for a new star wars trailer to drop or some shit you know what I mean? it's like it's like five minutes I'm, I'm just worried not everyone knows it's only a five minute video sure um well uh i think the first thing i kind of want to get into is uh the formation of Second Wind. Uh, what was the guiding principle during the early conversations? Was it just like sticking it to the man? Was there something like you really wanted to do differently, or was it just kind of like a mad scramble? Uh, no, it, yeah, it was a it was an absolute mad scramble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't so much sticking to the man as wanting to keep doing our jobs that we like doing. Mm. Good. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, so you know, I've been on a lot of podcasts by this point, but essentially what happened was like over the last, you kind of have to go back a little bit and give context. So I started on The Escapist back in uh, 2018 as managing editor of video uh, under Enthusiast Gaming. And by July 2019, I was editor in chief. So the first project like Yahtzee never, I ever did together was like, <laughs> I took, made him go to E3. Uh, <laughs> but did you like that, Yahtzee? Oh, well, uh, I seem to remember having fun at some point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like that, that was kind of like the start of this whole journey and kind of getting Yahtzee more involved at the team and everything. And so um, over the last four years, like, you know, basically I got put in charge of the Escapist brand at its lowest point where everybody hated it. Nobody wanted to touch it. Nobody wanted to do anything with it. And I got offered, mm. you know, the editor in chief job after their um, Russ Pitts kind of, you know, self-combobulated on, on Twitter 
again. And so, uh, you know, I was kind of like, well, shit, I've only run outlets with a few thousand people reading it. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I want to take on this absolutely hated outlet as somebody that's kind of not an, a no name in the industry. So, you know, that could go one one or two ways, either I'm good at this or, or I'm going to be hated as well. Mm. Um, but I decided to take the risk. I thought it'd be a fun, fun challenge to kind of try to reform this brand and turn it, turn it around into something positive. And I had already built up a lot of connections in the industry with the indie scene and all that through my, my work on only SP and, and give me memory, my two previous brands. Um, so we, yeah, so like basically just kind of paired new talent with Yahtzee. We brought in Jack Packard and Marty Sleva and just kind of made sure to pair new talent, the old and really engage with the community. And I, I was very transparent with them and everything. Um, so we did that until, uh, last year, about September of last year. And then, uh, one day I wake up and on Twitter, we're sold to gamers and without warning. And I'm like, okay, do we have jobs? Like what's going on? And, uh, it's like, oh yeah, you're all going with them to gamers and you're fine. I'm like, okay, great. So we get to gamers, uh, and I want to, I've been prefacing a lot of like our interviews cause like gamers at the start was actually like really good. It was, um, that company is full of people with media backgrounds. So I was excited about that. Um, they didn't fire anybody from the escapist when we made the move, we got like our salaries were good. We had good benefits, you know, they were in, they were excited about working with us and kind of building us up. Um, and then they brought in a, the, the, the red flags kind of started to go up when they brought in this video manager, uh, and he was too old for the job basically, and just didn't understand the current climate. And so he kind of set us back six months. And so he got fired six months ago and then I got hired for that job and so by that time you know once you get to that role as um I, I, to clarify i was editor-in-chief of the escapist and a video strategist for all of gamers and so right. they wanted me to like oh. basically rebuild build the whole video department alongside uh greg johnson my, my manager and so that was at, asking me with not only running the escapist video but also rebuilding destructoid video and prima video and mary sue video and <laughs> dying sports video and Sounds reasonable. It sounds like a reasonable role description. Yeah, it was an exciting challenge, but also like, you know, anybody that's been on YouTube knows how hard it is to revive a channel that's been dormant or dead for either months or years at a time. It's impossible, really. It's basically yeah. impossible. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the writing was kind of on the wall by that point, but like the escapists had, I wanted to take our model on the escapists and bring it to other sites. And so, during all five years that I was four and a half years or whatever, I was running the escapist. We had started building up our premium models based on things that like last stand media does like MinMax does like defector media, like, you know, building a sustainable revenue that compounds year over year through Patreon, YouTube memberships, live streams. Yeah. Um, and so it, that was working for us. Like it, we were growing revenue. We, we were doing well. Um, we weren't profitable yet because, Back at EG, there was only Yati, myself, and Omar, our head of head of production, that were full time, mm. and then everybody else was contractors and all that, and kind of made empty promises about going full time. Uh, and the, you know, so we really had a small budget back at EG. Moved to Gamers, and you know, they're excited. They want us to grow. They want us to grow fast. They see the potential. And I had warned them, like I had kept things very tight back at EG because we didn't have a lot of budget to work with. And I warned them, I said, if you, you know, if we hire everybody too quickly, I'm going to have to play catch up. And that's going to be really tough to get that, raise that money fast enough. And they're like, well, we're going to hire, you know, what we need and, and all that to get this really going. So we did that. And of course, you know, here we are 
you know, I got fired over that basically. You know, we just couldn't just couldn't catch up to the revenue we needed to make to be profitable. Uh and the last kind of like few months before I, I I got fired, like the goal was to go from five point six million views from the CEO to ten million by the end of the year. And I'm like, there's no possible way that's happening. Not unless you do some serious clickbait bullshit, my man. Yeah. Yep. And I refused to do that. And I wasn't gonna let them milk Yahtzee and they didn't like, you know, how much uh how much I protected my team. They just wanted to like Yahtzee to do as much as he could. And they like thought he was just kind of sitting around not doing enough for the money they were paying him. Yes, so. I prefer to be milked with a sensitive pair of hands. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all, Yahtzee? Don't we all? <laughs> um, wow. Okay, so, so their idea was they would promote this person who has done great work on The Escapers to run their entire video department. And then when that person wasn't able to do this miraculous turnaround for all of the channels and deliver, you know, 100% growth in six months, they're like, let's just fire this person. Yeah. That's business genius right there. That really is. From, from what I've heard, like, I was, I was called useless at the company. I'm like, okay, like, sure. uh, it's, it, yeah, it's, and, you know. And look, providing some context from the outside, I mean, you guys, you don't want to blow your trumpet too much, I'm sure, but like- I definitely saw the way the escapist was talked about over the years change significantly. Oh yeah. The way the recognition of this website over the last 3 to 4 years, it's huge, you know, and it's definitely been one of the biggest success stories in a space that is I'm not going to say in decline, but it's really struggling, you know, like you guys were actually making it work somehow. Yeah, Nick really turned things around in the last few years actually, uh, you know, built a community and built a sense of community between all the creators. I actually really started in really enjoying working uh, The Escapist uh, the last few years. Uh, I got to uh, stream regularly with other people and mm. uh, build relationships, build chemistry between them. And it really blew my mind that they'd ever consider firing Nick. Yeah. Who was like the driving force behind all of that. So... Yeah, when I saw it on Twitter, I was like, what? I was like, there's no way. What the fuck? How did this happen? I was so blown away when I saw when I saw that news. Um, and But equally blown away, in, in for different reasons, to see the loyalty that you had inspired in your troops. And the fact that as this happened, everyone's just like, well, if he's gone, so am I, you know? And that's pretty rare to engender that kind of um, loyalty for the people that you're leading. Yeah, to get back to your original question, Jake, like how we got that started, like <laughs> it's a fucking madhouse, really. Like we, I had had an inkling that I was getting ready to either get let go or get demoted because I went home for Halloween to, for, to visit my mom's birthday, visit my mom for her birthday. And uh, during that week, I got a Google Slides report from my boss that basically told me the same thing that I've been told a million and one times. Yahtzee's profitable. Frost is doing very well. The rest of your content isn't. And I, it's not like I didn't know that, but also like our premium memberships were growing because of that content. You don't need a hundred thousand views on every piece of content. If people are signing up to support it. Mm, exactly. And, yeah. and, and they just didn't want to listen to that. And so I get their report. And by that point I know, okay, I think my time, I, my time's up. I knew it by then. Uh, so I get I get home and I'm like starting to panic a little bit because I'm like I just bought a house last year I got to figure what, what am I going to do and so I know like a bunch of people on uh, 
comments and all that Reddit are like, oh, they bought, you know, he he got the channel three days before he got fired. So this must have all been planned out. Well, the YouTube account name on that is actually the getaway. I basically just went and grabbed a brand or brand name that I thought maybe this is something we're going to use. And I just had a backup in case, like, if we if something did go down like this, we could just direct our community to go there so we didn't mm-hmm. lose them. And, and then, uh, but yeah, so Monday, Monday rolls around and uh, we're awaiting a meeting with uh, my manager, Greg, and uh, Riyadh, the CEO, and no, no, no communications happening. So I, I message at six in the morning. Hey, are we meeting today? Nothing. 9 a.m.? Nothing. Omar messages at 11? Nothing. And, and basically, I pulled the escapist team into a, a meeting and I'm like, guys, I think my time's up. It's uh, time to figure out what are we, what are we doing here? Mm. Um, and so while we're in that call, I finally get the message from Greg and HR to come talk to them. I'm like, all right, guys, see ya. I'm going to go get fired. I'll be right back. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. So, yeah, I go, I go have my meeting. I go get fired. I come back and then Jack Packard's called in to get fired. And then after him, Jesse Schwabert, one of our senior editors called in to get fired. And then Matt Laughlin, who was the direct editor of extra punctuation gets fired. So like our entire video team was basically ripped up and Matt Laughlin did extra punctuation. Jesse Schwab was doing the stuff of legends, which was very popular. And so pretty much all that was left by that, that time was Omar and then Yahtzee and Frost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, we kind of, they all kind of came back to the meeting as we were all discussing what, what's our next step. And we all kind of just agreed at the same time, like, all right, that's it. We're all resigning. We're doing this. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Shit. Well, it worked. It fucking worked. (laughs) It was, uh, nervy at first. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we've certainly got a lot more optimism for the future now that we've seen the community turn out the way they did. Yeah, I mean, and everything, you know, we, I basically spent all day Monday after I got fired because we'd all agree, agreed we were going to do this and go independent together, writing up a business plan as fast as I could. Like, here's where Yahtzee, Omar, Jack, and I will all take salary cuts. Uh, here's what we need to basically get at least our salaries back and be funded if we want to run our own independent outlet. And I made all mm-hmm. these projections, and including, like, how we were going to sell sponsorships, advertising on YouTube, patreon kickstart whatever the fuck we're gonna do uh so tuesday rolls around i've got the patreon page ready because jack jack threw out a the name second win kind of half-assedly and we originally set it all on the bonfire and then jack threw out that name and we all kind of like oh that that sounds good let's go with that okay javid uh who has good blood on youtube go make can you make a logo for us (laughs) yeah man i got it okay logo's done patreon page i'm putting that together i'm like i'm just going to transfer everything over that worked on the escapist so we can get this up and running direct people here uh but we didn't plan to launch that day all we wanted to launch was our social pages to direct people where to go Mm. including our discord and then somebody found the patreon link joined at the highest tier and we're in this call just going oh god like this isn't ready like what do we there's no graphics there's no words on this page what do we do and then Mm. just kind of made the call like let's just see what happens and launch it and then it just blew up and that's it yeah yeah then we start (laughs) making BBC News, and then we start making. Oh, did you? Yeah, we were really. What did they say? What did they say? It was just like you know, dry reportage of the event, but it was <laughs> like uh, number one story on their tech page. Oh, yeah, I got a call okay. from my mom like Tuesday night, and she's like, "Do you know you're on the BBC?" I was like, "What? I am." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So I think it's not just people wanting zero punctuation and the other escapist shows to continue. I think we've sort of touched a nerve for a lot of people in the sort of 
anti-corporate narrative. Totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, I coming back to something you said earlier about, you know, like creator-owned media, collectives or whatever, it does seem as though that's kind of like the future of where all this goes. Because for me personally, it's very clear that the corporations have no interest whatsoever in what this is. Like properly covering video games, they couldn't give a fuck. I think they might have cared at some point in the past as they were getting into this thing because they're like, "Ah, well, you get the right people on board, you build something up, whatever. But that desire for perpetual growth is so ruinous to everything, every industry, every type of business, including games media. And you've definitely seen in the last few years so many outlets close, so many, like, so many layoffs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how was all of that factoring into your thinking when you were planning this escape escape plan, so to speak? Uh, we we really, I mean, we're all creatives at, you know, even the video editors and everything. Like, we're all super proud of what we built on the Escapist together. And, you know, it, it we really just took what we're, you know, everybody's been asking, how are you guys getting this done so fast? And it's like, mm. well, we had the whole structure already. Like we knew we were a very solid team. And so we just basically took that over to second win and it kept going. Yeah, it's funny that it's almost like the corporate owners didn't actually help yeah. achieve anything. <laughs> I mean, we, we sold our own sponsors. We did all of our own marketing. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, no way. Yeah. That's literally what their one job. Like yeah. that's it. Like web hosting and that shit. Do you know what I mean? I, well, I keep bringing up your your stuff because I'm like, Skillet has a has a sponsor on every episode he does. And also like extra punctuation is doing two hundred thousand, hundred thousand views every week. Like, why don't we have a sponsor on every episode we do? And there's no reason like what what is a corporate company giving us at that point besides yeah. paying our paychecks? And, you know, like if we're earning all the money ourselves and I knew all the money that came in from my team, I did all the tracking on that. And so, you know, I mean, like what what exactly are they doing for this? Because they have this huge network of 17 sites, but there's no cross promotion of anything we do on those sites. There's no marketing from the parent company when we launch a new show. You know, we they made us uh, separate 3MR to its own channel, three minute reviews mm. to its own channel. And I go in and I'm like, hey. Are you guys going to say anything about this? You made me do this. Well, do you have a plan to market? I'm like, you can't just send out a fucking tweet. Like, sure. <laughs> like how difficult is this? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we we were basically for the last five years, we prepared for this moment just on our own, really, just to become a business. And, you know, uh, we were basically independent under corporate owners the whole time. Mm. Which they don't like that. I mean, they don't like you being transparent and, sure. <laughs> you know, like. Well, yeah. I mean, they also don't. I mean, at that point, it's you're pretty quickly going to realize that we can do this on our own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, so, yeah. So, how, how does it go now? Are you guys all technically classifying yourselves as co-owners or have you slipped into roles again? Like, Nick, would you call yourself editor-in-chief now? I feel like you're. No, uh, no, I won't call myself that because we're not running a website anymore. But yeah. you know, basically, just director of content and and a co-founder. Um, so like, there's really there's nine of us that were full time that came to do this. So I, I don't know if this is like the biggest games media tr try to try to start up that that's gone. I you know might be. I think so. Usually they're in the vicinity of like four or five people. Like yeah. aftermath just recently was <clears throat> what five people. Yeah. Um. So it's usually smaller than that. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were when we were all resigning or getting fired and everything, like I had spent years kind of studying, you know, Last Stand and MinMax and uh, most recently Defector Media and how yeah. they started things up. And so 
once we were all let go, basically I sent out my tweet. I had the whole team retweet it. And then basically everybody started going and resigning or, or getting fired. And we all just retweeted each other to get the word out. Like, Hey, we're, you know, here's what's happening and here's where we're going and go and set it up. So like defector media is like really, somebody, somebody commented on another podcast that we did today. Like it's kind of gross that there's like a, a plan for, for this kind of thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Template. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How to escape corporate overlords. Yeah, sure. but I mean, you can only do it if you know you have the team of people in a community behind you that yeah knows yeah, what you're doing and is supportive of it. Definitely, and I think as well, like we talked about um, the broad-based support for the Escapist brand over the last few years. It's not just zero punctuation; it was other things as well. But I mean, specific to zero punctuation, I mean Yahtzee, I w- you've been doing this for how long? Now? How long has that series been running? Sixteen years. Sixteen Ooh. years from two thousand and seven. So, again, it's always uncomfortable to blow one's own trumpet. But, like, why do you think zero punctuation has had the staying power that it's had? And then, like, obviously, it's not just because it's funny. But, like, I don't know. What do you think has made that work as well as it, as it has? Well, like I've said on several podcasts now in the last week, um, <laughs> go, when you first go viral, that's, like, a good start. That's the spark that gets all the eyes on you. But if you want to... Uh, sustained that for 16 years the most important thing is consistency you just put out something every week it's the same length it's people it's the same thing people come to expect but new knob gags obviously uh then if you just do that for long enough you create a nice comfortable place to come home to at the end of the day yeah and i think that's what i want people suddenly heard the news that that was going away it was like you're on a plane and the engine noise suddenly goes away. You've trained yourself not to notice it, but now it's gone away. Suddenly you sit up and start worrying. Sure. So you've been... Sorry, Jake, I'll just ask one more question of Yassi because I think no, you've no, been please. reviewing games for 16 years. There's very few people in this business who have been reviewing video games for that long. Most people make an exit before the 60, well before the 16-year mark. Do you still have like the same enthusiasm for it? That oh, you yeah. I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it and I wouldn't be going independent to do it if I didn't really like do, like doing it. Mm. It gives me an excuse to play all the new games. I like uh, writing about them. I like thinking about what works and what doesn't. It's it's the thing that interests me the most. I mean, I've uh, done videos on uh, game design as well with my Dev Diary series yeah, and I design yeah. games in my spare time. It's one of the things I find most interesting. Mm. Yeah, one of the, uh, one of the fun I, parts about our team is... Uh, I think that, I feel like half of us are actually working on games in some form, like game development it's ourselves. I think that's <laughs> true of pretty much all gaming media, that half of them have a toe in development as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, remember, uh, remember Gun- stupid, not me. No, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> the only reason I'm, in, I'm a YouTuber is because I have absolutely no skills in game making. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Otherwise, <laughs> I would love to make a video game, but I just have zero capability and zero creative faculties. So, you know, that's why I'm here. Well, some people get into games media because they were always interested in being a developer from the start, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was me. I used to like storyboard ideas on my drawing paper when I was a kid, just uh, plotting out like adventure games and writing down what would happen if you clicked on the things mm. without having any programming ability? That was the best I could do at the time. Yeah. So with fully Ramblematic, uh, you know, you being in charge with the community, you know, being the source of funding, does anything really change with it? Did you already have freedom with it? Or is there anything you're going to do different with it? We know your first one, like the length is pretty similar to 
yeah. what you usually do, but it... I've always been given a lot of uh, leeway with zero punctuation. Less so in recent times with gamers. We had to stop uh, using the hard swears because of YouTube monetization. Hi, Toffee. Hi, Toffee. Yes, I remember you're here. <laughs> Um, but uh, I've never really been censored much. Um, and uh, as I said, what we really wanted to do uh, going forward was just uh, get things back to normal. And uh, that's pretty much what Fun Fully Ramblematic is going to be. It's uh, it's an animated short form game review using my art style with my fast talking voice. It's so, uh, you know, it should be, Thank God. Be a, it should be a very comfortable place for people who find themselves looking for a comfortable place that isn't around anymore. Yeah. That's it's also, I, I don't, I, you know, the first, I've already seen the first episode, obviously. It's, I don't know, it's the most, it just feels refreshing, too. It's, uh, you know, new, new art, new art a little bit. And nice. Well, I've <laughs> taken the opportunity to like spruce up the process a little bit. I yeah. now I don't use Windows Movie Maker anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> few extra animators and bells and whistles nothing too like intensive but yeah. uh yeah it's it's got a like nice fresh coat of paint on it that's cool we, yeah the first time i met yahtzee like i said was at e3 and while we were at e3 uh my three editors at the time omar matt and uh mike were we were and yahtzee were all in an airbnb together and omar matt and mike are all on adobe premiere doing all their keyframing and typing and everything and here's jots over here dragging shit on windows and Movie. <laughs> he's from another age god bless god bless it's amazing um so earlier you said that uh, you're not running a website um is this an entirely video-led initiative and do you plan to have the written word up there at all in any way shape or form uh so yeah our plans are kind of like really fluid so we weren't planning on doing written stuff um <laughs> I've, I've, I am, well, you follow me on Twitter. I am a very much a proponent of that content should stop being free or at sure. least supported in some way. Like, I'm fine if it's free, but I feel like the, I don't, I don't want nothing to do with the ad revenue model, really. It's, it should be additive or supplemental to what you're already doing. Um, so we don't have a website, but like people really loved, um, Darren Mooney's columns on, on the escapist. He's, he does in the frame and I, like he's, I think he's legitimately like the best film critic in the business. And uh, people really wanted his column so bad that like we added it into the $5 tier on the Patreon. And now we're just publishing his columns through there and people are signing up in droves to get it. So cool. Uh, you know, it, like the Patreon is way, way, way ahead of where we thought it was going to be. We actually, could you give us an overview of how much you've achieved on these fronts and the, the, the numbers that have emerged? Because we've mentioned them in different ways throughout. But if we just give us the dump on how you guys are tracking right now, how Second Wind is going. Yeah, I did. Uh, the last time I did the math, uh, we were over 50,000 today. A month. That's so insane. 50,000 a month. And yeah, the Patreon's updating like every second right now because all the free trials from last week are going through. Mm. And legitimately, since we launched that thing, we've been getting a new Patreon like every four or five minutes. Wow. Um, so right now, I, I think we're tracking towards being like seventy or ninety thousand a month before that's, the end of this month is out, that's and that's terrible. before we—that's before we've launched a video or anything. So that's so good. Uh, and all I'm these podcasts that were going I on. Signed, and- I signed up the second it was available. I was like, boom, baby, put me on there. Hell yeah! So yeah, I think, so we, might, uh, we might launch a video and then half of them leave. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
They're like, this is what zero punctuation is? I had no idea. I'm out, man. I'm so surprised. That new coat of paint. Fuck this. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave and then we'll drag them back in with Design Delve on Thursday and Cold Take on Friday. Sure. I listened to- um, I'd never heard of Cold Take before, right? But like while this is happening, I everyone's like, oh, Cold Takes are so good. They're so good. They're so good. I'm like, I better listen to a Cold Take. That fucking guy, he sounds like Christopher Walken- if he was playing a film noir detective and the thing he was investigating was like video game bullshit. <laughs> like, <it was laughs> as soon as I watched it, I was like, this is content. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. So like back at EG Enthusiast Gaming, you know, my entire mission, according to them, was get us another Yahtzee so we can, you know, build a new views. And I'm like, well, why would how is that going to happen? Because if somebody's doing his numbers, they're not going to go corporate. Why would they ever do that? Um, so right towards the end of enthusiast gaming uh frost pops up into my inbox and or sebastian rua is his name and uh, he just sent me an audio sample and i heard his voice i didn't even need to see his writing or anything. i just heard his voice and i'm like oh fuck like yes get in here you're uh, you're hired full-time i don't care what we need to do and then turns yeah. out like he's ultra talented writer and he's, yeah. he's great and he's basically the yeah. next yahtzee that i found luckily <laughs> Well, hopefully, you know, a parallel yard too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it next yard Yeah. He's a Frost's a really sharp guy. You can tell us by talking to him. Yeah. Like I've done streams with him. It's always a joy. He'll like remember stuff you mentioned offhand like uh, like three months ago in a conversation. Yeah. He's just a really sharp tack, that boy. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how we knew like we'd be okay going independent because like we got you know Frost and you know J Mate is does fantastic video editing and analysis and in de- design delve and Darren moving within the frame like that man is an encyclopedia of movie knowledge, it's insane. Um, so we just we really I really did like, and I found Darren Moody on Twitter just scrolling through Twitter. He had a he had like a long thread about like a Christopher Nolan movie. I'm like got right in touch with him. Like you want to come write that for us? He's like, mm. sure. cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we pick with, up a lot of talent off the street. <laughs> with Darren specifically, um, I know it's complicated within the frame with Escapist, but like, do you guys have plans to flex him with videos? Yeah, yeah, we're working on a new video series with him too. So that was that was one of the really frustrating parts about the Escapist was like we had a lot of really cool video series uh, that just never took off because it was, you know, it was it was Yasi's audience and. You know, they just kind of saw this other stuff as extra or, or whatever. And so now with Second Win, it's really exciting because this whole new audience has found us, including Yahtzee's audience. Um, and they're really, really jazzed about supporting all this new stuff that we're doing. And it, it really opened up. So while it's exciting for like us full timers, what I'm really excited about is like we're going to be able to use this platform to get a whole new wave of people you've never heard of in front of hundreds of thousands of eyes now. Mm. It's very cool. Yeah, I guess that was what I wanted to ask about your sort of more long-term ambitions because you've got your existing platform show formats, I should say, and you've got your existing talent. Um, you know, you've obviously financially sustainable. Is the goal to grow massively? We're going to hire 30 people and we're going to have an office Buy in San Francisco. And like, yeah. what's, the, what's the plan? No, no, no. Sustainable, uh, no. not constantly growing because constantly growing is how you get into the corporate mindset, yes. I guess. Yeah, no, we just like we really just wanted to make enough on Patreon to get our salaries back that we lost from gamers uh, and then just keep doing what we were doing because it's really Mm -hmm. fun and like we all loved our jobs. Um, Now that we've got this extra money, like 
we're already paying we are already paying just from the stream donations that we got over the last week we are already paying our freelancers better than they were paid at gamers cool so awesome. yeah like we're gonna pay people well we're gonna give people like we're working on having a, a video essay spot on the channel that like we can bring in you know freelancers to make their own video essays and give them a spotlight um but i mean based on the i mean the money from the patreon and that's only one revenue source for us because we're doing ad revenue we're doing some yeah. merch we like uh the shark Ro we're partnering shark robot for merch and so we launched our first line on saturday during our launch party and i had called them before because um to get kind of give you the scale like how big this got how quickly aside from the youtube like our discord for escapists only ever got to like four or five thousand people after four years mm. the second win discord after three days had thirty thousand people in it mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so i like i said hey who's interested in merch and here's the designs and hundreds of people are like we're gonna buy it so i called dave at shark robot i'm like hey uh be prepared like there's a lot of interest for merch he's like ah well you yeah. know generic merch doesn't really do super well and everything so i announced the merch during the live stream i call i text him about an hour and a half in i was like hey how's it going over there he's like damn dude people are going gaga for your merch <laughs> and i'm like yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah, and it really, I mean, the whole story just kind of makes me realize just like how ridiculous, silly, stupid, short-sighted a lot of the larger media entities or corporate entities are about this stuff. Like Washington Post shutters its um, gaming coverage because they're like, we can't make it work. It's like, yes, you fucking can. Do you know what I mean? Like you just need to make sure that you put some money behind it and hire the right people and you know, like support them and, and off they go. Like New York Times did, doesn't really have any, they've started to do some stuff, but not much. You see all these other corporate entities constantly downsizing all their teams and whatever. And it's just like, you. this is the largest entertainment medium. This is it. This People want to hear about this stuff. They want to learn about it endlessly. And if you can't figure out a way to make that work, then why are you in business in the first place? You know, so. Um, yeah, that's what I said earlier today. It's like, I don't understand I don't understand corporate media because it's just constant stress and anger for them because like they can't go from 10 million to hundred million views yeah. overnight. And I'm like, yeah. you, you either invest like, and so that was my entire mission under escapist under corporate leadership was to get them to think about the way you guys are doing things, you know, the independent outlets, cause it's working, it's working. Yeah. If you build the talent and that can happen under corporate media. And like we, that's where we were headed. It was, yeah. we weren't profitable yet, but, you know, when you do these kind of things with Patreon and all that, your revenue compounds year over year. You get annual subscriptions. So hmm. you add $6,000 in March. Next March, you already have $6,000 and you add on top of that. Every every person I've ever talked to about it, my family who has no, no idea how any of this works, you talk to them about it. They're like, that makes sense. <laughs> you take it to one of these guys in corporate and they're like, it's a drop in the bucket. It doesn't matter. I'm like, of course. Of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's wild, isn't it? It's truly wild. Well, you guys rock. Very, very excited to see how well this has gone for you guys, truly. Yeah, we're, uh, it's, I, I think a lot of us just haven't processed how well this is going yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, probably process it easier when we're getting paid. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we, uh, we decided not to pay ourselves until January 31st. So we're basically just, uh, accruing a, a war chest, okay. you know, Why? so that we're sustainable. Why do you do that? Uh, just because we don't want to, we want to be sustainable, and so okay. um, yeah, we just yeah. like uh, banking together enough for the first year. And uh, you need the war chest. Somebody's computer is going to break, or something. That is true. You know, uh, yeah, our plan, our plan right now, now, 
Their plan right now is to go to Kickstarter to basically raise, you know, the first amount of funds we need to fund the first year because, you know, we got to we got to get incorporated, lots of legal fees, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and if we if we raise the amount that we're looking for on Kickstarter, then we're basically set for the future going forward. Documentaries have been a really cool thing that Nick, you and a team have really spearheaded the making of stuff. I really like those. Uh, so is that going to continue? Are you oh, going to yeah. put more resource? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to do so many under gamers, but uh, because of uh, unit per co- or, or cost per unit, they wouldn't let me do it unless we, we, we sold them at like a high high cost and i'm like well we're competing with no clip who does them for free so <laughs> yeah that's not gonna work very much yeah. uh so yeah basically planning on going back to doing them for you know a, we need to be paid to do them a little bit just because of yeah. the amount of work that goes into them um but we're definitely not going to try to charge anywhere near what gamers was trying to get us to charge for them and yeah those are my those are my vacation projects basically <laughs> And and the team is, do you have most of the team? I know you said you have Omar, but like, do you have a lot of the team behind that still? Yeah. So the the person that's going to end up leading the edits on those documentaries is actually Javin Starrett, uh, who does Good Blood. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're, we got some cool plans in place for that. That's cool. That's all I needed to hear. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny that I'm on the podcast with you is like every time I was having meetings with corporate and all that, they were like, how do we get, how do we become like game ranks? Oh no! Like, and I'm like, uh, you have Jake Baldino, and people want to listen to him. You want to go hire him? Because <laughs> yeah, I can't just pop that out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. you you were you were the bar that they wanted the, me to reach. And just like, tell them um, they can make an AI clone of me. That's the yeah. thing now. So we're all doomed anyway. Just we're all fucked. get a dude, and then make sure he wears like Robocop t-shirts, Back to the Future t-shirts, Metal Gear t-shirts, and then that's like fifty percent of the battle. that's 50 percent of gaming media (laughs) (laughs) it is (laughs) and a hoodie in the winter when it's a bit cold so yeah Yeah. Um, like i was part of like the strategy was like let's do lists because those do really well at game ranks i'm like it's not the list it's not the list guys that do it it's jake baldino oh stop (laughs) um but yeah i mean look i would say uh anyone that's watching this please go and check out the patreon um, I really do believe in um, the idea of creator-owned media, games media. Um, I do believe that we should pay for it, you know, and I'm subscribed to a number of different Patreons who do this kind of work, like Noclip, like yourselves, um, and some others. So, yeah, I think it's great. Um, and I think you guys are really fantastic creators who have produced fantastic content over the years and will only make better content. So anyone that's watching, um, go and check go and check out what they're doing. Uh, I think you'll find you probably will want to support it because it um, it genuinely is that good. Yes, and to be clear, Second Wind YouTube channel, which is probably the main hub. Uh, you also are streaming. Yeah, yeah. You're on Patreon. And is there anything else we're missing? Uh, just our just our Twitter. Uh, it's yeah, the, that one's been popping off a lot. Okay. Yeah, I went I went from being a nobody on Twitter overnight to all my tweets getting like thousand likes now in it. Oh boy, good luck with that. It concerns me a lot. <laughs> I'm like I can't post any bi- opinions about Halo anymore that I like Halo or I'll get roasted for it. It's very dangerous yeah. to like Halo in this current era. <laughs> so well, just, uh, like, just uh dog pictures and good oh. news about the new brand and that's it. There you yeah. go. That that'll do well. Just stick with that. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I'm sure you 
both have a lot of work to go get on. So good luck. And we'd love to, you know, catch up with you guys again a year from now, see how things are going. But uh, for now, see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. And we're back uh, from the interview. And we're going to go with a user question. So if you have any, make sure to send it to contact at friendsforsecond.com. Uh, and we will read them out on the show and answer. So this one is from Trey Duncan. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. My question is, do you think we will ever get over-the-top sports games again, like NFL Street, MLB Slugfest, NHL Hits, NBA Street? I miss the era of arcade sports games. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Trey. Um, Thanks, Trey. I used to cool. love this shit back in the day. NBA Jam with my brothers. That was that was that was our shit. Like we used to. That was back when we used to play sports games. Yeah. So, like, and I, and I feel like maybe the the reason we don't see a lot of these things now is because the sports game category itself is just mm. so overtaken by all of the yeah. There's only like a few sports games now for each kind of sport, and they're really just about microtransactions. Yeah. Like, How many it. microtransactions <laughs> can you fit into a new feature? Totally. Street? Totally. Well, like so that whole too. space, American football, where it used to be like all these offshoots of games, and you'd have college yeah. football games, you'd have regular league games. They nope on that. So now it's just basically Madden or get the fuck yep. out. Mm. Yeah, I used to play like the mutant ones. Remember the ones that were just like you mutant NFL or whatever, oh. where you just you have to like you have to like sack the sack the ref or whatever, <laughs> and like you can do all this crazy that, yeah. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the ones we used to really like. Again, within the extreme sports category, uh, riffing on sports. But, but back then, like I used to buy Madden on PlayStation, kind of like every year. Even though I'm not even a fan of American football, we used to play it with my brothers and whatever. Yeah, because we're same. like it's just fun to just play these sports games that are just straight mm. up sports games, and. That was it, you know? And so, in addition to the extreme sports and the street sports or whatever, also the core sports category was pretty cool back then. It was fun. But now it's just like, nah, I wouldn't touch any of that shit with a, like a 40-foot barge pole. You know it's, what it's I mean? Crazy. Like, yeah. like, we're so far removed. Like, EA is like the legendary, like, evil, bad video game company. But there was a phrase that was very exciting before a game. EA Sports Big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big. And that's where they had like, you know, totally. uh, yeah. NBA Street, NFL Street. FIFA NBA Street. Street was probably one of the best basketball games. So ever. good, fantastic, fantastic. And like, mm-hmm. even do you put SSX under this label as well? I do you think this is like? I, I, I think I so. Was, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I, I think Tricky was under the EA big label. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was a cool label. But like, don't forget, we had just recently Riders Republic, and, oh, and yeah. I like that. that was actually very good. Yeah. So it's not quite the same as like an mm-hmm. NBA Jam or whatever. But it's cool that that kind of thing gets made. That's literally just mm-hmm. fucking around and having some fun. And there are microtransactions in that. Don't get me wrong, sure. But that game is just a lot of really mm-hmm. free form fun, you know. And I really like that a lot. So it just yeah. needs a little. It's yeah. like it just needs a little like edge. It needs like some Doritos or like just something, <laughs> something going on, you know, to some give it that, that zest. I mean, even like the weirder shit, like um, Freak Style, uh, BMX XXX. Sure. That one wasn't good. But Freakstyle, you don't remember Freakstyle? Freakstyle was like a motocross motorcycle jumping flip game published by EA. And um, you were like crazy tattoo guys, like doing flips on motorcycles and shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, in that case, does does Trials fit there? 
No, it was more like, like a uh, standard mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, like a Matt Hoffman BMX type of thing, but on a motorcycle. Okay, yeah. Oh wow, sure. yeah, that is the most early noughties game cover I have ever seen. In my <laughs> yeah, life. Just a guy like having a blast on his motor, <laughs> on his dirt bike or whatever. Yeah. Oh my Wait, god. What's it called? What's it called again? Freak, freak style. Freak style. E E. Not E A. Oh, that is a great cover. That's an incredible cover. I love it. Oh, God. Okay. And that was perfect. EA Sports big. Oh, well. But, but yep. with that, not to like go on even more of a tangent, but there was, I feel like that creativity and that weird stuff enabled other things completely to be birthed from it because mm-hmm. it, it went to like wrestling games, fighting games, and then you had stuff like uh, uh, Def Jam and, mm. and like those types of games where it was like, because they were able to take hmm. sports games and do weird shit with them, they were like, "Let's take a fighting game or like a boxing wrestling yeah, yeah, game, yeah. Yeah. make that weird." And you know, just all these like out there kind of like brave, fun choices of games where, yeah, you know, they were willing to like, "Yeah, let's make that, see what happens." Yeah, but now everyone's obsessed with licensing and making sure everything <sighs> is factually accurate. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool to see that stuff come back. That was very of a time. But I'm yeah. saying the phrase of a time without talking about something being bad and cancelable these days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. Because of its time. No, I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think we're going to answer the question more pointedly. I don't think we're going to see a return to this space because mm-hmm. uh, unless it's like indie titles that maybe want to mess around with it and have a bit of fun. You know, I I don't see a publisher suiting up to do like another like I don't see EA rebooting the big label, for example. No. Like that's finished for them. But I like, can see Devolver shit out of this. tapping into. I that. can absolutely see Devolver doing something. Like that. I mean, they had like skate games. They've had Ollie Ollie yeah. World recently, and they've had they're working on Skate Story. They had Rollerdrome, for example, which oh, I think yeah. absolutely fits into this broader category yeah. that we're talking oh, about. Yeah. Hell yeah. Except that wasn't Devolver. That was um Roll Seven. Roll Seven. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like the there's little pockets of this, but again, we're ne- we're never really talking about like the classic sports title, like ball yeah. sports. Are we going to get more ball sports shenanigans? I think it's highly unlikely. The only way, unless the label is if, really wants to mess if, around. If uh, you know Madden starts to drop off, sales drop off, they start throwing things at the wall to see what mm. sticks. First, it'll be crazier modes to try and get people interested. And then maybe they'll license smaller games. They've done it before. Uh, like mm-hmm. NBA did like a, a basketball game recently, like more of a cutesy style thing. But they don't really go all in on it. So I think the only way they would go all in on it is if, you know, the, the you know interest wanes in the big properties. And is that sure. going to happen? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Probably I not. So. No. Probably not. Yeah. Anyway, I want Airblade you. Two. That's what I want, dude. <gasps> Airblade, dude. Airblade. Airblade Two. That's a name oh. I haven't heard in a th- Airblade oh, PlayStation Two. That was Namco, yeah. I think. It was my it was when I got my Namco. PlayStation Two. Airblade was the was on the demo disc yeah. for my PlayStation Two, and that's why I ended up getting it. Uh, it was wasn't sick. that great, and I almost could no. tell. It was but sick. I convinced it was sick to myself. me in two thousand and. Two or three. It was like, we need more Tony Hawk. Uh, we have Tony, Tony Hawk at home. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> good That's enough. what Airblade was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you couldn't do a lot of tricks. Yeah, no, it couldn't do much of anything. But it was cool to rock around on a hoverboard. It was the closest thing to Back to the Future 2 we're ever going to get, most likely. Yep. Well, so it's, we'll take what we can get, you know. Yeah. 
Thank you for your question. Remember uh, to email contact friendsforsecond.com if you have any burning questions for us. Now on to uh, new releases slash what we've been playing. Don't know why I said First it First like of all, that. I would like to begin mm. with the important question. Okay. Lucy. Yeah. You have recently yeah. filled an important gap in your cinematic knowledge. I have. What did you watch, Lucy? I watched RoboCop for the first time. Finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> At the age of 38, <laughs> Rui, uh, Lu- <laughs> Lucy finally... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Brutal. Why did I just At 38 years drive, old, right? Lucy finally watched RoboCop. <laughs> That's it. So, um... I'm not 38. <laughs> finally. This, this is the skin of a killer, Bella. Like, this is not a 38-year-old. <laughs> Goddamn. All right, um, however old she is, she's too old to have not watched Robocop yeah, to this point. That is the point. I am she's in my finally face, done it. That is why. That is acceptable. <laughs> yeah, I watched Tell it. us. Uh because I was staying uh when I when I came to London, I stayed with my old roommate and he was playing Robocop and I just innocently said I've never seen it and I he genuinely slowly put the controller down and just stared at me <laughs> took out a blu-ray disc <laughs> it was like this yeah, I, having watched just the, having just watched the Barbie movie there's literally a scene of this <laughs> like you have to say that you haven't seen this movie and then ask if he can slowly explain it to you scene by scene as you watch it together <laughs> there yeah. was a point where my other old roommate Dave was there too we put it on and there was a point where they went Oh, do we know if this is the original or the unrated version? And then uh, is it was yeah. the big robot called Ed comes Ed in and and, yeah. and shoots uh, shoots the guy the in the boardroom, and they just went, "Yeah, it's the unrated one. <laughs> yeah, it's the good one. It's yeah. the good." One. I yeah. loved it. It was like I cool. was. Um, I watched uh, Event Horizon for the first time like a few months ago, and I was like. If I had watched this when I was 15, this would have been my entire personality. Whole, and I feel like yeah. Robocop would have been the same because it was just sick. And it, <laughs> made, it made me, it made me like, I made a list of like stuff I just want to go back and either watch or rewatch and like old Arnie movies and like Demolition Man and everything. And just kind of, I'm in that vibe now. It was great. I think the line, bitches leave, made me laugh so hard. Excellent. Legendary. What delivery? Absolutely. Le- the, the, oh. Every line that Clarence Bodecker delivers is so masterful. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, who the the um, the main woman looked so much like Jack, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal that I was like, is that her mom? Oh, okay. Like I couldn't okay. stop seeing. It. But anyway, it was great. I also oh, yeah. thought like the prosthetics and the the visual effects work were so cool and also the the adverts were so funny oh they're so good yeah they were so good um it was it was i loved it i had a great time and that yeah. theme oh my god iconic what a, what so a good so, so now so hype yeah you texted me because a... as soon as i heard you were watching it was like a bad signal like i saw like an instagram <laughs> well, no, story that you started <laughs> yeah, yeah. watching and i was immediately like hello hi <laughs> on my phone no, jake immediately texted me i need the review <laughs> <laughs> Great. I got like I got like that. I just started watching it, but holy shit, the theme goes hard, and I was like, yep. "Yeah, yes, yeah." This is good. I was like, and I will save the it rest for the podcast. I yeah, I had a great time. Well, I genuinely you, we watched feel... all of the trailers for the rest of the other ones. I watched the trailer for the uh, the Joel. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The remake. The remake with um, I can Joel see Kinnaman. his face, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. 
And I was like, this is way too serious. This is so serious. Not terrible, but not yeah, too serious. It's an yeah. interesting discussion, which we have to have like a, a sidebar conversation one day about the remake. Because it's actually pretty good. And a lot of people <laughs> the trailer shit did it all no over favors, it. I will say. Sure, 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 sure. And I think mm. as well, back then, when it first came out, everyone was like, wow, this is so different from the original. Mm. This is total garbage. And I think that was probably my reaction back then as well mm. i was like ah oh, you guys don't get it fuck this but having really like having watched it again later and like really thought about it and whatever i'm like you know what it's not amazing but mm. i think it was pretty good that was a couple of cool things mm. it does i really think in like especially because Robocop 2 is kind of very similar to the first film in many regards mm-hmm. and Robocop 3 is an absolute train wreck disaster it yeah. doesn't count doesn't exist the remake actually kind of really engages with the source material and actually kind of like ask some interesting questions about where you take some of these elements and doesn't get all of it right but it gets enough of it right that it's mm. it's definitely worth it's worth your time I think but yeah. um don't watch 3 it's like no is that when they 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 replaced um Peter yeah, they Weller. replaced Peter Weller yeah they did, they did. and it's like okay. rated yeah. PG13 or PG something <laughs> yeah. like that yeah. oh and he has a so jetpack Yep. He does have a jetpack okay. and he fights ninja robots. I was so yeah, excited about that. I saw the, I saw the ninja come up and though. I was like, mm. Yeah, even even back then when I first saw it, even when I was younger, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> he should not have a jetpack. It looked like shit. Like, I like it for the toy. Like, I like oh, it for the, the toy. toy. They sold it. it. They did it for toys. Yeah. And so, I got um, me. Did you see the, um, there was a trailer oh, or like a, a thing that went around for, um, the uh like a bonus feature where they were talking about someone with oreos yes with peter weller oh have you not seen robodoc yet um jake i haven't no i i have it ready to go but i haven't watched it sure 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 wait till you see this it's so funny we won't spoil the clip but everyone go watch robodoc yes lucy now you need to look up uh i believe it's called the internet remakes robocop where oh no no my friend sent it to me i saw a clip of it with the the guns the kimbo and everything yeah did you see when he's shooting everyone in the dick? Yep. <laughs> That's so good. That's so funny. So good. Oh, um, man. So I've watched Robocop. You guys have played Robocop. Yeah. How was that? Yes. I'm I'm eagerly awaiting your video. Yeah. It hasn't gone up yet, has it? No, I had the first I'm impressions like on your before you buy it. Was it. visiting your channel every day, being like, where's the goddamn Robocop video? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, I haven't watched yours yet either for that reason. Oh, I'm like okay, holding right, back. Right, right, right. Um, sure. I'll just start off like it's, it's just the perfect... I love these classic example of like critic brain can have some issues with <laughs> yes. some things. Yes, yes. Like regular fun monkey brain. I'm like, nah, good. This is good. <laughs> um, it's a fun, regular old shooter. Uh, it's kind yeah. of like no BS, no nonsense. Would you uh, describe it as a fun romp? Fun romp? <laughs> yes. A romp. A rump. A bloody good rump. Rump. Sorry. Rump. I'm sorry. A rump. It's a fun rump. <laughs> Means something quite different. Hey uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's 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 a good time. It's uh it gets it it understands Robocop way more than I expected. Mm. I was familiar with their previous work, Terminator Resistance. And, oh, it's uh, in the same people? Of yeah. course, it's the same yeah. people, and I yeah. think this time around, like it's it's a much stronger. Like they mm. they really get mm. it. Um, presentation wise, you know, here and there, and not so mm. much. Um, but I like the feel 
I like how much I chuckled throughout it. Um, some of the writing had me being like, who wrote this? I need to talk. This is, <laughs> who did this? this is like, I'm laughing out loud alone in my room. Like very impressed, very impressed. Um, and again, just it being a pretty straightforward game that doesn't outstay its welcome. And, you know, the shootouts are great. I actually just kept felt mm. it feeling like, oh, I want more shootouts because they're they're great. They're explosive. They're dumb. There are explosive barrels everywhere. Yes. And, you know, it's pretty easy. And yeah, I, I, I think um, if you pitched it to me as like a younger gamer, I would be so over the moon and like it doesn't it doesn't make good on everything but like the pitch is kind of like okay robocop it's a first person shooter but it's kind of like deus ex where you walk around hub worlds and you like talk to people and make decisions and it's like what robocop but okay cool you're like in the neighborhood doing robocop stuff and i think that's where it actually really makes good on some of that like Mm. being robocop talking to people choosing how to you know handle situations and it's not really from an rpg standpoint i don't really care about stats or whether or not i get the good or bad ending i just like being robocop and being like do i let this kid off with a warning or do i like kick him in the in the pants like what do we you know like it was just good for that moment to moment stuff so what did you think about lewis and her depiction in the game Mm, that was probably my (laughs) yeah that was probably my my issue um, I like that she's around. She's not around enough. They sideline her. Uh, I really do. Uh, but yeah, it's like robotic and terrible. Yeah, oh, that was, I think shame. that was the first thing I messaged you with the demo. You did. You like, did. Look how they massacred my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. She's I was so sad. And I look, she was awesome. And yeah, in the movie, she's fantastic. But like in this game, she's really just nothing. She's just this vapid mm. like little robot um, oh that's a shame but and but also for for murphy mm. himself i just don't think i re- you because you said you like you like the writing and the tone and i'm like i like some parts of it because it's really hamming things up because D- robocop one is very dark it's a very dark satire and it's just i think it just nails this absolutely perfect tone and then two gets a little more silly yeah right it's just it's having a bit more fun with it Three is so off the rails, it's embarrassing, right? But I think Rogue City kind of finds a way to be very absurd and ridiculous, but it works in the context of this being a video game and you having to do stupid video game bullshit. And so the the game arrives at a new tone that is absurdist. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel classic robocop like i don't feel like this feels like robocop one or even two i feel like it's way more silly or over the top but i still feel like it's earnest and it's got something there like it's found a new level that really makes sense with what this franchise is and how it could exist as a video game you know um yeah it's like but i didn't quite but i didn't quite like the way that murphy was written as well i think he talks way too much Uh, i was like i would much rather him just kind of not talk I didn't, as often. So as much as I like like making decisions just because I wanted to see the dialogue and hear the dialogue, where it got murky with me was where it just kind of like threw out, like it just wanted you to choose. Like, are you o- yeah. OCP001 or are you Alex Murphy? Like, I was like, okay, like, what are we doing here? Like, sure. um, I, I like what you said about the finding that like line. 
Um, and I, I like it kind of just being, uh, you know, cause I'm not, I don't think you can replicate the first one or two movie. So if it feels more of like a fun celebr, I, so I think it's like lightning on a bottle. I think the first movie is so unique and weird. And like you said, dark and satirical and like chuckle worthy and like so iconic that I just feel like that is so difficult to completely replicate that. Yeah. I, I like that it, this is kind of just like, it's a RoboCop video game. We, ch- we, ch- we cherry picked from one and two. Sure. Uh, because like, even just, just like world stuff didn't exist with like <laughs> nuke existing in the world and like, yeah. Yeah, Stuff like yeah. that just makes sense. But then I really like, did you find the, the, the homeless man on the roof? Uh, so, so you can, when you explore the environments, yeah, uh, you, there's some ladders here and there and you usually go up a ladder and it like, you know, just overlooks the environment. Maybe you'll find like a collectible. <laughs> yeah. I remember there's, there's actually, one you yeah. climb up and Lucy, yeah, there's yeah. no, <laughs> there's no collectibles or anything. There's one homeless man oh, just yeah, standing yeah. at the edge, looking over the city and a dialogue <laughs> line just plays. Hey, you see that guy over there, down there? He's an asshole. <laughs> and that's it. That, and that, to me, that's was a reward for exploration. That is incredible. And I was happy. I laughed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Little things. Yeah, little things that. Like that, that was a good touch. The little bands from the people in the streets is actually really great. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, I think the the writing and the, I think the RPG stuff is also kind of a bit awkward. Like, you're right. There's a lot of decisions. A lot of them don't feel very clear or impactful. And it's just, there's a lot going on in the narrative of that game as well. Like there are seven stories between this rookie cop you have to handle and helping Lewis recover and mm. the main bad guy and this whole OCP plot. Like, there's a lot, right? Yeah. So all of that, I think, is it's a bit messy. I enjoyed it, but I think it's a bit messy. Yeah. But I think on the combat side of things, it's just like perfect, absolutely flawless. They couldn't have done a better job of it. It really is so simple, but it nails so many fundamentals. Um I really wish that this was a time crisis. I wish they sold this as a time crisis oh game where you God. get the, the imagine Don't getting a package in the mail that has an Auto Nine in it, and you take it out and play. And that's how you play this video game. Imagine how fucking cool mm-hmm. that would have been. Um, so yes, unfortunately, that's never going to happen. But this is the next closest thing, and I think they did a great job on the game. My tip for, for people sure. listening, uh, gameplay wise, uh, unlock the uh, Ricochet. In yeah, spots yeah. and environments because it just makes you feel ten times more crazy and awesome. It's yeah. all just like power power fantasy, like stupid yeah. fulfillment. Like a lot of people are like, oh man, robot kind of like a cyberpunk too. Like, oh first person, but like I want to see my character. I want to like live that I don't know. I had no issue with it in this game because I think it was just because it just the shooting, the visual, mm. all of it really good. I wish there was more music overall though. I wanted the theme to play every yeah. time I was in a shootout. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got the balance right on that front. It does play fairly often. I think if we played more than that, it would probably get a bit sick of it. So, Never um, but yeah, bummer though that we can't. That's like copyright claim music. I really wanted to use that in the oh. review, but you can't because it's actually the original theme. And oh. so yeah, they'll just yeah. get claimed. So it's a problem. But um, yeah, like I think this is. If you were, you're right, critic brain. What do I think this game is? I think it's a seven out of ten. I think it's got lots of chunky problems in its like narrative and rpg front and the pacing front and i think combat kind of wears a little thin by the end but yeah I mean, excuse me as a robocop fan i'm like yeah man this is a solid eight and a half maybe even a nine i loved it 
I had a great time with it. Um, mm. Really so impressed with this developer. Imagine if this developer had money. Because mm. you get the feeling that they have the tiniest little budget and they're so good at stretching it and making every dollar count. And I just imagine what it would be like if these guys had a big bucket of money and then they got to make a diehard game, for example. Right? That would be sick. Totally. I was going to say, well, Nacon published it. Um, I know, but Nacon aren't like a big publisher. Yeah. They don't have lots of money to, to throw around. But you can just tell by watching this game like, as well that it's made on a budget, right? I would love yeah. to see them alternate. I would love to see them kind of level up where this was this game was good. Make another Terminator game. Get even better sure. with that. Try RoboCop again or make a RoboCop uh, versus Terminator game, bro. Are you fucking You know kidding? what? You know what? I mix, I mix, them, I mix them up with Crafton. Um, Nacon did Gollum. Yeah, no, no. So, yeah. Uh, Rip. Nacon did do Gollum. They did do Gollum. Well, they did Robocop. They did Robocop. So, thankfully, they did do that. Um, Yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to play it over Christmas. I've got, I've got it in my library already. Um, Just to hear that theme again. Um, Yeah. You should watch Robocop 2 first, though. Yeah. It actually has, there's lots of beats within this. You don't need to watch anything else. But once you've watched 2, you're covered. You're all good. Is he and blue, Robocop, or is he... Then you can watch the Red Letter Media reviews and just, like, have them in the background. Yeah. Like, oh. oh, yes. Here's, there's my boys. There's my boys. <laughs> is he blue Robocop in this, or is he silver Robocop in it? In the game? You can choose. Uh, he's in the game. <gasps> you can. There's a skin. No, isn't it only, like, a deluxe upgrade lets you choose or something? Like, the standard edition uh, doesn't? Maybe it is. I think. I'm a big piece I of think. shit. Uh, <laughs> Robocop, I I'm like, bye, the, bye, bye. <laughs> I just had the standard version. He was silver. But I always see him as silver anyway. Yeah. I don't like the blue, yeah, actually. No, I don't I'm not yeah. the blue. I like him blue Sorry. in the. He's he's got a little bit of a shade of blue to him to in one of the old games, like the NES game or something like that. All right, but yeah. you know, that's besides the point. Anyway, I am still cooking on that video, and I still want to talk more about it, like more of the, I guess, spoilery stuff. The, the Robocop community is eagerly awaiting it, Jake. All Don't ten of us. Down. The subreddit is going wild. <laughs> there are dozens of us. <laughs> um, Ralph, you've got the new Steam Deck. Jake, do you have it as well? Yeah. The yeah. Steam Deck OLED? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you do. You sent a picture Here of it, it on your on the beach. How is, is it? Because like um, I don't have it. Look, it is remarkable. Um, I said that about the first Steam Deck. But this is just better yeah. in literally 37 ways. <laughs> and uh, it's so fascinating to see how Valve have rolled this out. Because when they I said they weren't. <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay, that, that was the thing. They said they weren't working on a Steam Deck 2, yeah. okay? They never said they weren't working on a refresh. So, But all of us assumed yeah. that there's no new Steam Deck coming. We're like, whatever. So you got us there, Lawrence. Lawrence. Um, Shout out. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, when I first heard about this, it was from someone who I won't say who, and they're like, oh, hey, what do you think of the new Steam Deck? I'm like, what? there's a new Steam Deck? What the fuck? <laughs> and then this person told me, oh, it's the same form factor, it's just got an OLED screen and better battery. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, first of all, that's very exciting because yeah. an OLED screen is a big upgrade. But what that person said to me was only like two, two thirty-sevenths of the truth because there are literally 37 line items listed in their like hardware patch notes that talk about stuff that they've done with this machine. And it is crazy. Like the screen is not just OLED. It supports HDR. Oh. And like proper, real HDR that looks incredible. The, the screen has gone from 60 hertz to 90 hertz. The screen is now larger because the bezels are significantly smaller. Yeah. The analog sticks have been reworked with better, more grippy materials. 
the touchpads are more responsive, the haptics have been completely overworked, the shoulder buttons are now easier to press because they've reworked the, econo the ergonomics around that, the battery life is up to 50% larger, uh, Digital Foundry are reporting that because of memory changes internally, you can expect a 5-ish percentage increase. Uh, it's neither here, nor, neither here nor there, but it's something. Mm -hmm. It runs cooler. Uh, it is lighter. They say it's 30 grams, but when you hold two Steam Decks next to each other, you're like, yo, this feels a lot lighter. Yeah. I swear to God, it feels like more than 30 grams, but whatever. It must be because they wouldn't lie about it. Um, the little power button Red. is orange now. Oh, Incredible. Uh, it's it's kind of more of an orange, yeah. Um, there's just like so many things. Mm. It, the, the, the UI, it's faster and more responsive. Like it's more snappy to navigate around the UI. Um, there's, there's, as I said, literally dozens of other things that I haven't even, can't even remember now. But um, yeah, it's fantastic. Like it, it really is. Steam Deck was literally my handheld, favorite handheld ever. I would use it all the time mm -hmm. if I wasn't, having to record footage for video like for yeah. reviews it would be like how i play video games um and this is just take that takes that already incredible device and makes it better by almost every metric and i love it that's so, awesome yeah i don't know jake how have you found it this week man yeah i haven't had as much hands-on time with it so i haven't noticed uh like i haven't been able to notice more nuanced stuff with like little increases in performance and efficiency uh but you do notice it right away in the menu hundred um, percent. Oh, but I really just, yeah, I really just like the, like little little. I, the D pad is so much better. It's raised. <laughs> it's thicker. Yes. Um, yes. The Steam and menu buttons on the left and right are clickier now. Um, but the screen is the biggest thing for me mm. by far. Uh, it makes all the difference. And you know, again, it's like a. Oh, do you need it? Like if you have a Steam Deck currently, I mean, it is a big difference. I don't know. Mm. I just like that Valve pretty much took all the reviews and even comments to heart and addressed the, some of the bigger elephants in the room. Because I remember when we mm. put out our videos yeah. for the original Steam Deck, the people that weren't into it cited specifically, I don't like that screen or ah, that battery life yes. doesn't sound so great. That was always the two things. And yeah. that were, totally. those were the two things that they really addressed head on. That Those were like the main, as much as this does have a lot of fun little surprises and tweaks to it, the two things they addressed head on very Good that they did that. Like I, I, yeah. I love it. That's awesome. And do you think if you do, you guys get review units? I mean, Ralph, it's not even available in Australia still, right? Yeah. That's that's right. Um, do you think <laughs> if you hadn't gotten those re review units, this would be enough to make you get a new one? Yeah, absolutely. Like I thought about that a lot, and I'm like, it, it might. I think I might do a video on this, so I'm mm. not sure. Uh, I may have already said some of this already in a previous video, depending on when this goes up, but. Um, my take on it is that you don't need to buy this if you are a, if you already have a Steam Deck and you use it casually, mm -hmm. right? If you use it just, you know, once a week maybe or when you travel or whatever and it just kind of sits around, no, you don't need this. Absolutely not. However, if you are a Steam Deck power user, if it is your daily driver, if it's like your thing, then you should absolutely buy this. It is mm -hmm. definitely enough of an upgrade to justify its existence just by virtue of the screen alone, mm. because it is so much better. Like we're literally talking a 90 hertz screen with not variable refresh rate technology. That isn't quite that, but they've recalibrated how they manage refresh rates and target frame rates. And they've unified it into a single um, option in the menu as well. And with paired with that higher refresh rate screen, you can basically set it to 40 frames a second 
like a cap, cap your games at 40 frames a second and you're going to get a smoother experience than you could before mm. by virtue of that that new like 90 hertz yeah. cap right so there's a million things not a million <laughs> there's 37 things 37. uh that make this thing better and uh the screen is the biggest one for sure the battery life absolutely but i actually don't use my steam deck that much in, yeah. away from power so it's not that big a deal for me but all of the little things and improvements pile up and you will if you are a regular user of this device you will absolutely f- feel good that you made this purchase mm. I, I don't imagine anyone's going to think eh, i really didn't need this i think those yeah. things will all add up and you'll be like yeah this was money well spent for sure i think it uh, compare comparing it to the the switch oled kind of sells it short i think there's oh, a, a, some yeah. more stuff going totally. on here Interesting. Totally agree. And and I was impressed with the Switch yeah, OLED. When, as yeah. soon as I pit, took that OLED, I'm like, oh, I can definitely see this screen is better. Mm-hmm. It sounds better. Like the, the audio was better. That's another thing, by the way. Improved audio. Didn't even mention that. Um, and also the kickstand on the Switch OLED is, was significantly better. Bigger. And I'm like, okay, these are all nice improvements. And again, if I was maining my Switch every day, I'd feel good about this stuff. But for me, I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't use my Switch that often. So this is all nice to have, but not essential. But there is more improvements here. They are more profound. And uh, yeah, it's you're right, Jake. To, 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 to liken it to the Switch OLED is definitely selling it short. It's significantly more improvement than that. Yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm happy. And again, uh, review unit aside, I use it enough that I would buy it. Mm. Definitely. That's awesome. I'm not. I'm still kind of on the fence, but I think that's just because I'm a like a, a lighter user because I'm more sure. desktop PC at this point. But I think I will probably wait for Steam Deck Two. It sounds bright and shiny mm. enough for me to want to impulse purchase one. Yes, but I will refrain for now, unless you bring it to Game Awards and I check it out. I'm like, shit, I got. I'll definitely bring it to Game Awards. So. I, I was going to say, it'd be fine. Uh, Jake, you've played... Do you want to talk about El Paso Elsewhere or do you want to talk about COD? Oh, I want to talk about El Paso Elsewhere. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear about COD. I want to hear about COD. So real short, El Paso Elsewhere was kind of like the thing I was kind of playing through while testing the new Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good. It was like my most. It was one of my most anticipated games this year uh just because of, it's like an homage throwback to a Max Payne style game. It is a third person shooter with like PS1 era graphics, PS1 PS2 era graphics uh with bullet time. And you are a noir detective with some really good dialogue and music and atmosphere, but it's a very simple lo-fi game and uh you're you're really just shooting like vampires and uh sorry, werewolves and zombies. So yeah. it's not necessarily like a shootout, but you're still diving around, diving through windows, you know, dual wielding, shooting werewolves and shit. And uh, it's it's good. Uh, it's it's very straightforward. It's level based. You get to the end of the level. That's it. Um, it's I definitely wish there was a little bit like I actually do wish that it was just gun wielding enemy types as it does get further along. It does get more interesting, but like, you know. This type of game, I, th- I still feel like is designed best best around, you know, shooting other mans. But I think that the creativity really is in it embracing the noir. Like the, the main character is named James Savage and he chooses <laughs> scenery so well 
and his voice is great. And the story is centered around his ex-girlfriend is Dracula, like female Dracula, like Lord of the Vampires. (laughs) And she essentially is doing something, this ritual or this magical thing to like destroy the world. And so you being like a hard-boiled noir guy is like, fuck, I got to solve this problem. (laughs) And, you know, like ditches his cigarette. And it's it's cool. It's a simple game. It's not super long. But I recommend. So wait, is it third? What is it? Third person. It's third person. You're like you're clip clopping as a man in a trench coat, diving and shooting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like left trigger is like bullet time dive. Like it is Max Payne inspired to a T. Like it knows what it is. And I'd like to see a sequel. I have seen it. Um. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's just straight up Max Payne. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm seeing it. Yep. Okay. Cool. cool. But it's got that like dusk new blood kind of like retro yep. shooter yeah. pixel feel to it that I, I like. Mm. Yeah, definitely look it up if you're interested, if you haven't heard of it. Yeah, I've got it. Mm. It's uh, That might be another Christmas game for me because I'm definitely interested yeah, in it. Nice. Does it run well on deck, by the way? Yes, very much cool. so. Yeah, Awesome. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love to see it. Okay. Do I have two to talk short about ones. Modern Warfare? I don't want to. Two, we have to talk on, about on, COD on, now. No, no, no. We'll do All two right. short ones and then we'll end on Modern Warfare because I want to delve into that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, um, go. Let's go. So I've been playing Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. I'm not very far into it. Only about four hours. Uh, I love Yakuza. And so... I didn't know that about you. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Yakuza that's cool. Zero was so the game that I turned to in the pandemic. <laughs> I've spent so right. long playing that cabaret club mini game. Like I, if Sega are stupid for not making that a mobile game, like genuinely, what a baffling business decision! It is the most compelling game I've ever played. I think I put like a hundred hours into no sixty hours into into Yakuza Zero, and I genuinely think twenty of those are probably in that fucking cabaret club. Anyway. Like a dra- is, it the so- is it the singing? Is it the singing no. karaoke game? No, it's the one. This is in Yakuza Zero. This isn't in um, Like a Dragon Guide. This is um, where you basically you you run a cabaret club and you have to make sure that all your guests are satisfied and get like dress up the girls and make sure they're all trained and they're all happy and they're oh, all rested and they get, they get the guests what they want. Anyway, Like a Dragon Guide and so kind of coming to the end of Kiryu's saga it's very much kind of like there's going to be a passing of the torch or at least that's kind of how i'm interpreting it because ichiban kasuga was the protagonist in yakuza like a dragon and then this one is kind of like a stopgap game where they're basically saying hey this is what kiryu's been up to in between because he appears in uh yakuza like a dragon and then he and ichiban are going to be the kind of protagonist both the protagonists in infinite wealth Mm -hmm. which comes out next year Kiryu at this point, my man has been through some stuff right now. Uh He's, this is basically Kiryu's secret agent game. He is under um, an alias. He's Joryu now. He's hiding his identity from everyone. And then of course, something happens and he is, doesn't matter how many times he's tried to leave the Yakuza life behind. (laughs) Just when he thinks he's out, they bring him back in. Except this time, uh, there's a, bun- there's a bunch of like little tweaks to Yakuza stuff. He's got gadgets, <laughs> so he basically has exploding really? cigarettes. He's got drones. <laughs> he has a like a zip wire that 
like t- tattoos around people and you can is the most comical thing ever because it's not like he just trips them up it wraps around them and then you can fling them and so you can use them to sort of i like saw a, that in the trailer actually yes. yeah like a bowling ball to knock all the other ones out And then basically, what happens is uh, I'm at the point in the game where you get sent to a place. uh, What's it called? It's like the castle or something. And uh, it is a floating tanker that is a playground for the rich and powerful and the criminal underworld. And it's one of those places where anything you want goes like prostitution, bars, gambling. And of course, in the middle of it all, there's a big coliseum that we fight to the death all the time Sweet. and it's uh it's great i mean in terms of yakuza like a dragon games you know what to expect there's, yeah. there's going to be a lot of melodrama there's a lot of comedy absurdist comedy uh, a lot of twists and turns and i'm just having a great time and i'm loving it and i'm also playing it on so- roger ally too um, and All it actually right. runs pretty well on there. Like, obviously, it's it's playing on low at the moment, but like, it still looks pretty good. But like, Excuse I was me, playing Roger. it on PC at home. <laughs> Rogue Ally. You call Roger him Roger Ally. Ally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Roger I Ally. With that, with their branding. Yeah. Have that one for free. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I think. Uh, is... Go on. No, you go. I was going to say, if it's your first foray into Yakuza, I wonder. I still think everyone should just play Zero because Zero is my favorite. Yeah. yeah um, but like, yeah, it's it's good. That is why I did not play this because no. I have not played through the Kiryu saga. I don't think you need I feel to. Like, like, I haven't played through all really, of Kiryu. Really? You don't, I don't need to have I, played, I through, played through all of You played through Zero at least. And I do yeah. feel as though playing through Zero would be a requirement yeah. to like get introduced to this character and like whatever. And I haven't done that. And so I skipped playing this one for that reason. But I'd really like to because I played Ishin earlier this year. And mm-hmm. that was fantastic. I yeah. loved Ishin. And, um, and I loved it in large part because I really liked Kiryu as a character. Oh, yeah. And he's different in this he's a different character but he's not really as i understand like it's kind of the same guy in every way you know and so i was just really keen for that look one day there is the long-term project of one day playing through all of the yakuza games when i have a spare 600 hours i'll just knock them over that's fine you know uh (laughs) but until that time i and because the thing is i want to do that so that i can catch up and then i can be with everybody else and play like oh the new like a dragon game is coming out infinite wealth Mm -hmm. i can't play that because I haven't played... I haven't even no. played the previous one. Like the, I didn't play whatever, eight, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah so that's like, the thing. All of these, you have to... Yeah. Yeah. Because you can play it without it, but I know you miss out on so much stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, and because, like, for example, I played Lost Judgment without having played Judgment. Oh. I didn't like that game for a lot of reasons, right? And, you know, everyone loves my Lost Judgment review. <laughs> but, like, definitely... Uh, feedback that I got was very much like you need to have played the first game in the series to really understand what this is about and I'm like okay I take that I agree that that obviously would have helped um and I definitely feel as though I'm guessing that that kind of sentiment only becomes magnified when you're talking about a series with eight games in it as opposed to a series with just one yeah so um yeah I really want to I do want to go back and play those games for sure yeah I think I'm at the point with Yakuza slash like a dragon where because in yakuza like a dragon god uh the titling uh they changed it from the brawler to turn base and i am 
I don't think that the brawling combat was ever really the star of that game or that series. And it is actually weirdly difficult for me to go back from the turn-based to the brawler because it just doesn't feel comfortable. It's just button mashing. It doesn't feel comfortable anymore um, as someone with a repetitive strain injury, but also just feels kind of mindless. And even though you kind of get these incremental upgrades, you get the new moves, the heat actions, and even the gadgets and stuff, I just kind of find myself like button mashing my way through it. And it doesn't feel as... It's not as tactical. It's not as... I feel like I'm kind of chancing my way through every encounter instead of actually spending time considering it, you know? And so it doesn't feel, I still enjoy it. Like I'll still beat up every menacing man who crosses my path, but I'm excited for infinite wealth to be that even more absurd turn-based mm. style. Sure. That I, when I, cause I played a preview build of, um, uh, like a dragon eight, Yakuza are like a dragon, like the, the when they did the t- the turn based one, right? When they made that, isn't I played, that seven? I played that. I don't know. Is it seven? And then infinate the wealth. The first one with Ichiban. I played. I played. No, no, okay. No, well, I played, the fir- I played the first. I the first one. With- right. I thought that, that was six. I thought that was six. Song of Life. A song of yeah, Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think maybe it is seven that I, I played the preview build of it, and I actually really liked because I was exactly the same as you. You can play that one without playing the others. You can play seven. Yeah, you're right. I I know you. You actually can. You're right. Yeah, I'd like to. Um, but I was the same as you. I was like, I really like this tactics, the turn-based mm. combat thing. It's really working for me. And yeah. I like how silly and absurdist it gets and how like it has the, you know, you execute a move and, it, and the screen changes in the background. Yeah. And there's this big wind-up animation. All that shit, I think really works. Because yeah, similarly, the the uh, the beat-em-up combat of like Lost Judgment, for example, that I played through, I was like, it's competent. It works, definitely. But I don't love what this is. not really doing no. much for me. So no. yeah. I like, yeah. The, I like the brawling combat better. Uh, I love really? I love a turn-based game, but uh, mm. Yakuza games have fit this weird void for me. Where um, and I haven't been pl- I haven't played through all of them, but I I love them. Um, it kind of fills this void for me where, like, when I was a kid, I loved brawlers, like arcade brawlers, like the Simpsons game. Mm. I like you know, oh, yeah. uh, Streets of Rage, like all stuff like that. So I love just like kicking ass. Uh, but then as I got older and I played Metal Gear Solid, I love stories and all that. So mm. Yakuza feels like it fits this really perfect little. Thing for me um mm-hmm. i love turn-based games but uh yeah i like punching men and actually i like killing men with bicycles specifically which is like a, <laughs> to, a be, to be fair that is that yeah. is un- unmatched like well, now in the new one well, can't you actually, like grab no. objects and whip them around with like the yeah you can lasso? like grab oh, um weapons and stuff off the ground and that's cool yeah it's great but you could you could throw motorcycles of people in robocop so just putting it out it's, there. Yep. You also a it. good game. That's a thing. Also, yep. also a good game. You know, that's it. That's it. So that's my that's my big my big game at the moment. My little game at the moment. If you want to call it a game, it's a website. Uh Posmo. <laughs> so are you familiar with Zach Gage? No. At Helvetica on Twitter. So Zach Gage and uh, the folks that he works with they make puzzle games, like word puzzle games like you would get oh, in newspapers. So yes, good Sudoku, Spell Tower, um, all that kind of stuff. So Zach Gage and uh, Orta Thoreau, um, I believe their name is, have made essentially like the, the puzzle section of a newspaper as a website that's updated daily. And I don't know if you know this about me. I am a subscriber to the New York Times uh crossword like the games just because i love those types of games it has sudoku on there connections wordle 
the New York Times wow. Mini and the New York Times Crossword. You're one of those people. I've always wondered who those people are because I hear that it's like a big <laughs> thing for the New York Times to have this uh-huh. revenue stream yep. that's just like their cookbook subscription and their puzzle subscription. I'm like, who are these people paying <laughs> money for puzzles that you can get on the internet for free? Why are you paying for these puzzles? You know? a month on my puzzles. <laughs> oh my I do them every day. So like genuinely, it's the it's the, the last thing I do before I go to bed at night. And it's really funny because you can tell if I've been on a night out because the next day I'll check the puzzle and it's just a disaster. So <laughs> um, uh, I'm in a group chat where we send each other our. This is sad. Moving on. Anyway, so Cosmo <laughs> is basically those those collections of different puzzles, and they have uh, like a chess one. They have a crossword. They've got um, oh, the flipping the flip one where you've got a, a bunch of blocks and they can only fit in a very specific. Um, way into another shape and you have to flip all the blocks around to make it fit. Spell Tower. There's loads of really great puzzle games in there. And I think the way, the thing that I love about it is, first of all, the way that you get into it. So right now it's still closed down. They're just, you know, rolling out keys every day. And in order to get the key to get in, I had to solve a puzzle. I was like, oh, God. You yeah, just, I've, been try- you just- I've been trying. I've been banging my head against it for the five minutes you've been talking, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm never getting in. <laughs> no, um, But there's uh, a really nice Discord because they're asking for feedback and how the puzzles are sort of written and everything. But the thing I really like is there are leaderboards, and if you are doing the same puzzle as a friend, you can kind of like have friends within it and just see what their score is. And so it's just wow. like a really nice – it's very – putting the love back into – puzzles i guess and it, and it just genuinely feels like this kind of small it feels like how wordle felt when it just started up again oh, okay. when, sure. it, when it when it got big where everyone Makes was just kind of, of chatting about it and like going in the discord and seeing people talk about oh i was trying this and i was doing that and you know giving feedback and stuff and it also just just all the all the uh the props in the world and i think this is something that zach gage and his team do really well across all their apps it's not an app yet it's just like a website but it works really well on mobile mm-hmm really tactile, really clear and simple. And the kind of visuals of it are just very weirdly like relaxing. It doesn't feel like an archaic puzzle thing. It just feels like this nice little experience that you're going to have. That feel, that sounds weird to say, but as a puzzle enjoyer, Puzmo is great. That is cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah interesting. It's not monetized at all, is it? You can pay uh, to get access to like extra puzzles and some oh, okay, okay. some social aspects i think okay. um, but there is more than enough in there that's updated every day that you donate to that's nice yeah it's given away for free that's nice good on them so jake you know what they're not giving away for free for 70 Money. us dollars you could buy call of duty something uh <laughs> all right so modern warfare 3 listen game ranks made me play this um <laughs> That being said, I love a Call of Duty campaign. I'm not a Call of Duty person, yeah. but I, I jump into like every campaign because it's always like a fun, quick Michael Bay movie. It's like, you know so what you're going to get? Was it just the campaign you played or was it multiplayer? Yes. It was just campaign. Yeah, only, I only covered the campaign for okay. Game Ranks and um, really short. It's like three or four mm-hmm. hours and it feels like they really deprioritized it or something happened. Uh because I, got, I mean, the runtime is short. Call of Duty campaigns are often short, but this was like really Not that short. short. And yeah. uh, a lot of the levels are—I shit you not—they're like Warzone 
They're like mini war yeah. zones where they drop you yeah. in an open-ended map and it's like weapons free mode. And you can walk around and find a crate that gives you a special glowing weapon. And there aren't like these crafted, interesting, you know, combat scenarios. It's just AI bots like running around a map like a bunch of fucking idiots. And uh, <laughs> you just need to go to like objective to an objective to get things. And mm. um, it's a bummer because in between that, there's still a couple like, you know, pretty interesting, engaging classic style levels with some creativity. Uh, they do tackle like no Russian again. They do like a different spin on it. Um, and I thought it was. But in a good way or in like a mm. we've got nothing else. This is <sighs> we're just like farming this. That's it's a what good point. Yeah. I don't know. There might be some cynicism behind it, but. I think how what they did actually, I found it to be like terrifying, and uh, you know, it was it was pretty quick scene, but uh, mm. it had like some shock factor that I think was fairly effective, but not really because I don't care about the rest of the overall story. So in that scene, I was like, "Wow, this is I've never done, seen this in a video game," but then like I didn't really care because like the characters that they built in the new Modern Warfare, pretty cool. Then Modern Warfare 2 was like, okay. They kind of were just like, isn't Ghost cool? Look how cool he is. <laughs> so Do you know how big Ghost things. is on TikTok, by the way? Like, Ghost's voice actor has... Let's just say there is a very engaged part of TikTok that is obsessed with his voice in a way that you can... In a way that you can... It's like a sexy thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a yeah, sex thing. I'm more into price. So I think that they have like this new... That for the new Modern Warfare reboots... They have a Captain Price that is like the actor, the voice actor, his likeness in the game. And he is, I think, iconic. Like, I think he is just such a charismatic, cool on-screen presence that the games kind of squander. They don't really mm. do enough with him. Uh, they were onto oh. something with the first new Modern Warfare game, but it's dwindled. And now it's to the point where in this one, you play as him for certain missions. And it's not even cool or exciting. You could just, you might as well just be any other character. Um, and it's a bummer. Because it felt like they were onto something with the new Modern Warfare's. Like it could have been an interesting little trilogy or something, uh, but mm. didn't didn't really land with me. Really, it was those, oh, those war zone levels that I was like, oh man, this should this should just be some like little pack in mode, like an AI bot, like like terrorist hunt or something from Rainbow yeah, Six. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, yeah. So to have that just kind of cynically thrown in with a cutscene before it and after it. It's a damn shame. Yeah, it's like it's very cynical. Like it's still not like number one selling like box product in the yeah. UK at the moment this week. Yeah. And it's still gonna sell like millions of units and sledgehammer out there being like, oh no, this was absolutely the game we always wanted to make and oh we've worked tirelessly on this and we this is not because obviously Jason Dreyer is reporting that it's had a truncated development cycle, eighteen months. It was originally meant to be kind of an expansion, but then it got turned into a premium full price product. And Sledgehammer were like, no, that was never the case. You know, maybe some of the developers were confused about it because it's a sequel, like a direct sequel offering as opposed to a standalone offering. But it was always a premium product. But then you've got this really half-assed three-hour campaign that is like, it's right there in front of you. Like, I haven't played it myself, but everyone is who has played it is saying, this is the worst COD campaign I've ever seen. Uh, and it's like, well, how do you justify that? Oh, there is no explanation. But we swear we worked on it for a full three years and it's exactly the same amount of time and effort as our previous COD games. It doesn't make any sense. So, so um, if you you're watching the video version of this, you will see me just lose my goddamn mind because do you know who wrote this game? I do not. BJ Blazkowicz. 
The guy who played BJ Blazkowicz and Varric from Dragon Age. No way. The, like the Brian, voice actor. Brian Bloom. Oh, wow. Okay. Fair enough. I was like, what? It's like when you find out that David Haytar wrote X-Men, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> this man has skills. <laughs> you know? That is. Um, what? That's wild. Also, yeah, but like, it's just, I don't know, it's just, stacked. I wonder if it's because Activision knew that the Microsoft sale was about to go through and this is the last time that they were going to be able to get a bonus. Oh, my and, God. Uh, paid into paid into yeah. like, themselves directly for uh, unit sales and they're like and then if it's kind of shitty whatever it's Microsoft's problem at that point let them deal with it you know I wonder if that was a thing oh wow I never I mean I did see um, Matt Piscatella from Sokana posted like all the October sales stuff today and he was like October game sales were down because Call of Duty moved into November <laughs> and I was like god it's it's yeah. still it still has that power man power. despite sure. just really kind of phoning apparently in these though days. I will say in this defense I have heard from more than a few people that the multiplayer side of it's pretty good and like people who play COD are like that's it but it's so hard to say with Call of Duty's audience because I hear that so often with every new release and then three weeks later they're like this is the worst fucking COD I've ever seen in my life Sledgehammer yeah. sucks blah 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 yeah, it's so you just have to kind of take it slow with it when it comes to how people view this um, and I don't know but definitely initial impressions on the multiplayer side of it are positive I've seen that yeah, yeah. I, I'm just confused as a, as a consumer who doesn't play the multiplayer a lot um, it just feels like I'm like, well, what's, what do you got? Wait, what's the focus? Is it Warzone? Like I thought Warzone was just like the end all be all now, but yeah. they keep I'm saying, no, here's that. Call of Duty, like regular, just play it. Some of the maps are from other games, like old, older games, but like whatever, go for it. And I'm like, oh, but, okay. But I mean, maybe that's it because Warzone, it's been out for a few years now. And if you like, how else are you going to funnel people into Warzone? Right? Like. Call of Duty well, still has thing. that familiarity as the box product and everything, and it's like, hey, then you'll get the the single play, get the multiplayer, and hopefully you'll take that into Warzone, and we'll keep you there. Like that's the ecosystem they eventually want you to stay trapped in. Yeah, well, you actually have to have Modern Warfare two, 2 installed to play. You need to have parts of Modern Warfare Two's package installed. What a mess! To to installing Modern that's... Warfare Three, I felt like a boomer. I was so confused. <laughs> yeah, then, it was very confusing. And then I downloaded it, and I was like, "All right, time to do what I have to do and play the campaign." So, like, I fire it up, and I got. Um, I think I wrote it down somewhere. I got a tra- an unskippable trailer for Warzone. The game had to restart three times because it was like, agreed to a new EULA. And I clicked on it and it's like, okay, the game has to update. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So that happened like a bunch of times. And then after, so again, yeah. So after the unskippable Warzone trailer, uh, then it dropped me on like, welcome to Call of Duty. And it's this big mobile game looking map. And that map is the battle pass and there's all these chunks and stuff. And it's like, congratulations, you unlock this. You need to do this. And I'm like, where's the campaign tab? And it was there and yeah. I got to it, but I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it sucks. Actually. I hate to sound like that old man that yells at Cloud, uh, but like, you know. It's true, though. It's, it's just true. like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Totally. Meanwhile, yeah. Warzone, like, I am like, maybe I should just play Warzone because you could play as Spawn, Todd McFarlane's Spawn. You could play as <laughs> Lara Croft, really? original Lara Croft Tomb Raider. You could play as Lilith from Diablo 4 with a gun. That's sick. Like, it's Lilith <laughs> with a gun. <laughs> That's so that's that's ridiculous, that. but also kind of cool. Yeah. I'm into it. No, that's the state of it now. That's that's it. That's where we are. Yeah, no, that's, that's where, where we're we gone. 
All right, that draws another episode of the Friends Per Second podcast to a close. Uh, anything else to bring? Uh, I, mean, I think we're good. A, yeah. yeah I think that we covered it all off. We talked about the video games. Yeah. We played them. We talked mm-hmm. about, the, we finally, you saw Robocop. So I feel like this was, you know, that's a, yeah. big, that's a big thing. I feel proud of myself. Next yeah. episode is a regular episode. And then the episode yep. after that is like Game Awards time. LA. Yeah, so we'll yeah, be per- exactly. We'll, yeah, we'll figure that out. We'll be in person. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we if you're in LA going to the Game Awards, uh, Giant Bomb is doing a live show on Saturday, which uh, cool. we're going to do our Game of the Year live in person. And you can come. That's so, scary. Terrifying. But I'm very excited. Like you're selling uh, tickets the, like an event I can go yeah, to? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. If you're still there on the Saturday, it's at like 12 noon. I'm not. You know, I'm, you're I'm, I leave on the Friday, so, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. But Jake, if you want to come and any users yeah. want to come, would love to see you. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter if you want to. At Lucy James Games, Ralph? I'm on threads, actually. Yeah, you're big on uh, threads. I'm there. I'm 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 doing the threads thing and uh You're doing good. You know, here on the YouTubes. I, I look I'm enjoying threads. It's a very different vibe. Uh but engagement is good over there. It's like there's good mm. chat that happens over on threads. So You're a bright spot. Uh, when do, I fire the app up, just like stuff you shit you've been saying always pops up first and I'm like, "Oh, nice." Yeah. I like it's this yeah, on yeah. my no, Instagram. Cuz threads is like It pops try- up on your Instagram. Yes, threads is yeah. trying to get me in. There's a little... Okay. All right. Interesting. I'm actually using a little bit more Instagram these days as well. I'm doing mm-hmm. a bit of stuff over there these days. Putting your mug on there, so, I see. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just on the, on, the odd, on the odd occasion. So, uh, you can find me there and uh, come say hi. Jake. Uh, Jake. Jake Baldino on social media and uh, on YouTube. I'm a little behind oh. on videos because I uh, got slammed with a bunch of hardware stuff back to back, but Robocop video mm-hmm. eventually. I think I said that last time, but <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all good things worth the wait we take time uh, for yep. robocop for alex murphy we do you, uh, yeah that's it i actually spent like nearly uh, like a full 10 days working on that video because <laughs> i was like we have to do this properly man we don't fuck around with robocop you <laughs> know what I mean? My so, man. do it for yeah. alex murphy yeah. um thank you so much again for watching and listening if you would like to rate us on itunes we'd really appreciate it helps us out a lot um jake takes away uh tie your shoes and go to bed yeah.